Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's good to be back with you here on Monday, January the 25th, 2021. It's here for episode number 209, and you're along for the ride. As always, I'm Joe Morata, joined by the one and only Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy, did he? 209! There it is. There uh, you know, is. there was some debate and discussion if Quinn was going to keep that up mm, for the 200 series. The 200 series. Well, I guess now we're committed to 10 more of them. <laughs> 10 more of uh, Quinn saying yeah. nine loudly. Yeah. If you're new around here, there's a reason for all of that. We'll get to it one day. But anyway, thank you guys so much for being back with us here as we're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. Hope you're having a good day so far to start off your week. We have some great topics in store for you. Obviously, the finale of the Royal Rankings will be coming up. But Quinn, before we get to any of that, if people want clips, they follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. And what do they get? They get clips. They get all of the clips every day, every way. Um, they're all there, really. And they just they zap into your feed. Of, yeah, your of, feed. Of Twitter. Um, and you get them. You get your Twitter feed. Yeah. yeah, that's at OVP Podcast on Twitter. Drama-free wrestling clips. You can also email us if you want to at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, if people want to talk to you and me and, you know, chat, mm -hmm. post, chat, and chat, rooms. <laughs> chat rooms, and hundreds of other retro wrestling fans, where might they visit? Over at Facebook.com slash chat rooms, of course. They got they got all the chat rooms, the keywords, um, superstar appearances, all the all that kind of jazz. Trivia games. Shawn Michaels on a keyboard. They, they, got, they got it all over there. And um, you know how you get there, of course. No, I don't, you, I don't. There's a search bar. Oh. You type in the search bar, our vantage point, Death Rock for Wrestling Podcast, Bing Bang Boom, Tubes, Kafui, all the stuff. Shawn Michaels on a keyboard. Brett with a floppy disk. Yeah, Brett with a floppy disk. AOL. It's all there. You hit the button, join button, and you're in. And once you're in, what you've agreed to is one rule, and one rule only, which is don't be what, Quinn? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And all that means is be nice to each other. You don't have to agree on something. We have plenty of friendly disagreements and debate over there on the group, obviously. But the one thing that we don't want you to descend into are personal attacks and things like that. Dunderheaddom. Dunderheaddom. There you go. <laughs> don't. Just don't do it we don't you don't have to it's not good there's another um, way yeah there's another way it's called being nice <laughs> respectfully all, disagreeing and that's things. all this. Yeah. and say hi to chuck mess on uh, your way in always always uh but yeah join our group if you just want to have fun on facebook instead of argue uh, you can do that and uh obviously later on the show we'll, we'll give you more information but if you want pay-per-view reviews from me and quinn let's say you've been listening for a while and you like what we do and you want more of what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Yeah, if you like paper, we view them over there. <laughs> yes, those. It's all We real. just view all kinds of paper all over the there. Paper. IRS is there. It's yeah, great. it's a whole thing. Uh, but really, in all seriousness, uh, Royal Rumble 92 is out right now. Next month coming up for February, WrestleMania 8. Five bucks a month, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, we're winding down the season now, believe it or not. We are. And uh, we've been doing a segment that I've had a lot of fun doing all season mm -hmm. long. It's basically where, you know, we've seen a lot of good things happen in retro wrestling, obviously, and we talk about it. There's also been times where things that looked promising 
or maybe would have made sense, they don't work out. You know, we've talked about various things. We've talked about the Ultimate Warriors WWF champion right. this season, Vader in the WWF. Last week, Dan the B Severn. Yeah. A certified cornucopia of things, if you will. A plethora. Plethora? <laughs> is it certified, though? Yeah, the plethora is not A certified. certified plethora? Notarized, no, okay. maybe. But this segment is called, What Went Wrong? Where did we go so wrong? Okay, is it Borat? No, that's not Borat. You've already asked me that. Uh, it's not Borat. One more episode and you get to tell me. I'll tell you next episode, okay? okay? Sure, I will. Yeah. All right. And this one, Quinn, was suggested by Richard R. Gustafson. 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 Goster. Gustafferson. I don't, I don't know, but it was suggested by Richard. How about Richard. That? And he wants to know what went wrong with not booking Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 8. It's a good question. And WWF doesn't have a good answer for it. I'll tell you that much. No one really seems yeah. to. There's a lot of theory. You know, this is a favorite topic of our group. It's a favorite topic of Twitter. A lot of people get really stirred up about this one. Because it's bullshit. What, what, what were they thinking? What the fuck were they thinking? I have some opinions, and I know that you do too. Mm-hmm. And folks, you're going to let us know what you think at the end of this, okay? You're going to do that on Twitter or Facebook.chat or yeah, whatever it is, that, right? That site, yeah. But obviously, there doesn't... Background-wise, there doesn't need to be a lot. Ric Flair was obviously the biggest star of the 80s going into the 90s of the NWA territories, particularly by the mid and late 80s, the Jim Crockett promotions. Right. Which then became synonymous with the NWA, and Crockett became WCW. Multi-time world champion Ric Flair. You know who Ric Flair is if you're listening to the show. He's a great old man. (laughs) Yeah. He's great at wrestling. Another old man, uh, Hulk Hogan, was the northern equivalent in a sense, but he became more of a pop culture Icon uh, for the 80s, larger than life, cartoony. Yeah. Different. Had flag- a motorcycle and things. <laughs> Said daddy sometimes yeah. and Jack. I'm hungry, daddy. I'm hungry. I'm eating some fruitcake this afternoon. Different type of flag bearer for a different type of company, right? The the cartoony, over-the-top Broadway. Liberace literally right. appeared at the WrestleMania. It's you know, all real. That type of thing. 1991, Jim Hurd is brought in to help run WCW. <laughs> well, he'd already been there, but you know he had run WCW in a very bizarre way because he wasn't a wrestling guy whatsoever. No, he, he was a pizza man. <laughs> he literally was a former CEO, I think, of Pizza Hut, right? Or some kind of he, he COO. He knew all there was to know about the pizza. Right. But when it came to wrestling, I don't. he didn't know. He just didn't have it. You can't put some pepperoni on Ric Flair, you know it's what I'm not, saying it's there. It's not like you can just add anchovies no. and things get changed, you know? <laughs> Not not in the wrestling business. That's correct, yeah. Quinn. Very well said, actually. Uh-huh. Very good. He gets into a thing. He lets Ric Flair walk, basically. Flair's gone. Summer of 91. So, if the dough isn't exactly right, we throw it out and we get another one that is. And at SummerSlam 91, the WWF, where Hulk Hogan is still the world champion, we know that uh, Bobby Heenan's got the big gold belt because Flair technically still legally had possession of right. it. Right. And uh, Bobby Heenan challenges Hulk Hogan on Ric Flair's behalf. So as we get into September, Flair starts to make his first appearances, Mm -hmm. starts to wrestle his first WWF matches. Right. Let me be the first to tell you you don't look so tough to me, pal. Even if you did, big guys are my specialty. He's generally wearing a robe instead of a suit when he's not wrestling. Very weird. We don't know why. And we get to the point where Flair and Hogan are going to have some house show matches. And they do. They do have house show matches. In the garden. They have one in the garden. They have one all over the place. West Coast, East Coast, you name it. Every coast. Right. Lots of coasts. Seems to be pretty popular. It's a popular feud. And it's the Hogster who's going for a figure four. No, no, no. He's got it on. Hogan, do something. Do something now. This place is going crazy. 
this is around the same time, though, I just want to say this now, that the business for the WWF, for a certified cornucopia of reasons, right. was diving. It's not just because Hulk Hogan this or Ric Flair that. And I want to emphasize this, and I've heard this said multiple times throughout multiple sources and stuff. The entire industry was going. It wasn't yes. like just WWF. It was like WCW, even the end of independence. The were territories were drying it. up. Yeah, every everything just all of a sudden around like 1991, like late 91, it just some kind of decline happened. Yeah. It, I don't know. The public just was like, hey, you know what? No more wrestling. That right? happens sometimes. Yeah. It's just you cycle through stuff in pop culture. And just unfortunately, this Flair Hogan thing. This is when they did it. That's probably benchmark number one is timing is one of the reasons why this didn't happen. Right. Seriously, timing. It was less than ideal. Now, around the same time as when Dr. George Zahorian got indicted, and obviously he had been the WWF's doctor for several years and had possibly allegedly supplied them with some anabolic steroids. When did he stop? Do you know when he stopped being the doctor? The 88 or 9. Okay, yeah. When they first found out that he was going to get, that he was being investigated. He's indicted in 91. Scandals start to hit the WWF. When it rains, it pours, right? right? So you got Billy Graham making shit up on television. We got no business. We got no... <laughs> we got Donahue. We got, yeah, we with got John Arezzi and Meltzer. We got Meltzer. the fucking guy with the, the hair or whatever that said he was good and that, like, Barry, Pat Patterson wait. did something to him or whatever that was. Got Barry Orton on there. Barry O. Well, I think that that's, uh, wrestling in general has never gotten its due um, recognition as far as um, and it's, it's popular as a business, as a very business big business and entertainment. Mel Phillips scandal. He actually gets fired out of that. Yeah, good. One way or another, Flair in storyline, right in, in the creative, is clearly going after Hogan. One thing you guys have to remember is that house show canon is not weekly canon. Meaning, if it happens at house shows, that doesn't count as nobody far as know, like, nobody knows. Right? That, they, they never mention it on TV, other than they say like. There's going to be this match well, at this they place sell it. or whatever, but they never tell you what happened. Correct. The whole point is that the TV shows are supposed to sell the house shows, but also the TV creative is supposed to sell the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they report on what happened. Oh, and at the house show, Brain Flare won. Like, right. They don't say that. Well, if they said that, then why would the fuck would you ever watch <laughs> right. it when it finally appeared on TV? Right. So anyway, they are doing a house show feud. And when it's not Flair Hogan, it's usually Flair Piper. Right. Another hot feud. And we head into Survivor Series. And we know what happened there. Flair costs Hogan the title. <laughs> then we get to Tuesday in Texas. Flair's ringside for that. Pokes in. Shows Tony the interference. Right, yeah. right. So the title's vacant. We get to Royal Rumble. We know what happens there. Flair is very well. We just watched this. Very well treated by the announcers. It's not like Gorilla's like, oh, what a fluke. What yeah. a piece no, of no, shit. No, no, it's like It's like now he's proven that he... Is just as good as Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Like, it's not better, so, possibly. I know that's right. I know that sometimes people argue, certain people argue that, you know, they never made Flair big enough. And he I, won the I think they did a good Rumble job. At, like, yeah. number three. Yeah. Like, really? I know. And it wasn't like they treated them like it was a joke or a fluke. No. They didn't, like, try to make it the a only way thing, out. The only thing they did post Royal Rumble, and this is where it starts to get hairy, is they start, like, rewriting history that, like, Sid like had weight like right. you know what I mean like that like it's they blame all, it on Sid it's all Sid's fault <laughs> yeah right? which it's isn't like, Ric Flair stinks <laughs> right. Sid did it right but one way or another we know that Jack Tunney at this definitely real 100% legitimate press conference right. <laughs> names Hulk Hogan the number one contender Hulk Hogan yes yes which you would think is in line with where we were going with this right it's like okay Hulk Hogan right. 
I mean, even though Sid, his papers and the blah, papers, blah, blah, and yeah. he, was that his acceptance speech? What was on the papers? I, I don't worry about it. <laughs> like, you know what's weird? It's just that Savage is in there, even though like he was like kind of like the, the fourth out of the. the yeah, he's kind of just like to pad like, it out. What, what was his like? How would he have gotten the shot? You he wouldn't I, have. Yeah. He's some Roddy Piper, too. Because he's the IC, I guess. Yeah. Oh, right. That's that I, one makes sense. He's a candidate, like perpetually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to have Hogan Flair, except we're really not. Apparently, according to Match Meltzer, as late as early January, if not sooner, the decision had been made to switch the main event to Hogan Sid. And that's what happens. And that's, and we obviously get Flair Savage, and I love flair savage don't get me wrong it's fine it's just they right they it's had great. all the time in the world to do that okay. they didn't with the hulk hogan so here's the thing with this hogan flair match right a couple of factors to consider with what went wrong the timing not ideal scandals right. business going down i get all that hogan decides to take a sabbatical right this is really to escape the limelight of the wwf and take right. pressure off of them and off himself that's all there was to it and he was filming a movie was he truly planning? I don't remember all the details and the timing and everything. He wasn't planning to leave wrestling for good. He no. was just doing his usual, I'm leaving for a year, brother, to go make Mr. Nanny or something. It, like, it was you know basically, I mean? like, yeah, I'm going to go make a movie. But it was also kind of, he was tired. as He, he was two years earlier. But he remember? wasn't going to leave wrestling. No. He had no, because oh. his movies suck. What like, <laughs> What is he going to do? Like, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, it was no to me it was never ever reasonable that this would be the one. No, this no, movie no. like this three ninjas movie, this is it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like, Each I'm, one. I, like it just kept getting worse. They actually. did, didn't they? Yeah. No, it was really it was a mutual kind of understanding for Hogan's benefit to to disassociate a bit with the WWF who was in Scandal Mania, and for WWF's benefit to distance themselves from Mr. Steroid Hulk Hogan. Right, exactly. It, it was a mutual like, all right, let's just do this for a while. That's why Vince brought back the warrior. That same show, who's, who's you know, big, well, not steroid. Yeah, but if you at look all, at him, right? he's not at that show, or not as much. He after Tony, I don't know, but, but that's why he was all right. Well, we don't have Hogan. Let's bring in the Warrior. But we can scandal up Warrior. <laughs> yeah. We don't care about him <laughs> right. anyway. Like, right, just a money machine. Yeah. So anyway, that's the other factor. Is Hogan's leaving? So we get to the the question that people always ask. All right, Quinn, if they were going to do this, who wins? Right. Who wins? Um, if Hogan's leaving, why would he beat Flair to win the title? Well, with the leaving thing, yeah. But I always think of it of. Well, what if he wasn't leaving, right? Like, what if, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's just business as usual, right? And he's not leaving. Right. Then he would beat Flair for the title. Wouldn't you think? I would think so, yeah. That's the standard formula. Yeah, I mean, it even, that's what happened in WCW, too. He he won. (laughs) And I think it's mainly, part of it is that, here's my thing. I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. Oh, Flair, why wouldn't he win? Blah, blah, blah. They're bringing him in. The thing is, is that even in WCW, Flair is a bad guy. Like, yes. Can't, if you're gonna have this big mainstream event, Hulk Hogan's perpetually a good guy, at least up to that point. Yeah, even when he's acting like a heel, he's still a face. He's kind of got to win, right? In the big moment. Yes. You know, even though like Flair is it. his greatest opponent. Sure. And you can make it a great match. A match. Maybe Flair gets a win or two uh, post that match at like Saturday night's main event or, or whatever. Something. You know right? what I mean? Kind of even it up, and maybe they blow it all off at SummerSlam. Sure. You know, something like that. That's one way to go. Here's the thing that I want to ask you. This is honest question, too. I really don't know the answers. And, I, folks, I want you to think about it. But I'm going to ask you, Quinn. Here's the, the thing I always struggle with. To wrestling fans who were fans of all wrestling, WWF and WCW, who read the magazines, possibly the people that, you know, would be the type to call into John Arezzi or read The Observer, right? Yeah. Of course you know that Hogan Flair is a big deal. Right. 
But the core WWF audience that was still there at that time, I don't know the percentage, but you got to figure that a lot of them are just WWF fans and they don't know nor care too much about Ric Flair. Well, I think yes and no, because here's the thing is when WWF brought him in, he had like a totally different belt that maybe those fans didn't never saw before. And that was an attempt to give him the instant right. credibility, of course. But my point is, is that they're, they're still, if you were just watching the show, right, you'd be like, man, this guy is a champion. Like, he's got to be pretty good, right? Like, right. you know what I mean? Even if you don't know anything about WCW, he's got a title belt. And yeah. That meant something back then. And I think the winning of the Royal Rumble right. is enough to, to give him right. the credibility and to fight Hogan. It. And at that point, I think even for people who didn't know anything about Ric Flair, at that point, all of a sudden, it is a dream match. They've, like, made it one. Because it's the guy that won the Rumble at number three. Right. If and, nothing else. And the WF belt. Right. That's what I mean. So, and he had his own world title. So now he's had both of them. Right? True. I'm just saying. I think they had built it up properly. It's like they just didn't, I don't know, they didn't run around the bases or something. Like, they hit the home run at the Royal Rumble, and then they just they stopped. They just touched them. first, and they, they walked back. They just touched first, and yeah, they just didn't finish it up. You know, like, that's a good way to put it, Quinn. Yeah. But here's the thing. In all seriousness i know this sounds a little like crass but is it really that big a deal that didn't happen when they did it on the house show you can watch hogan fight flair in the wf it's fine yeah but at the time nobody could watch it well yeah i know just msg network or if you went live right but that's a b you had great show flair savage is fantastic no what 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 would Flair of Hogan really done other than to say it happened at WrestleMania? What would it have accomplished? I think it would have scratched an itch of a lot of wrestling fans in general. But I don't know that it would have been... Given them what they wanted. But here's the thing. If they really wanted that, I bet WWF would have done it. And here's why. Vince McMahon wants to make money. Yeah, no shit. Hulk Hogan wants to make money. If either of those two men, if not both, saw that they could draw more with Hogan versus Flair than Hogan versus Sid, they would have done it. Here, they would have just done it if they thought it was the moneymaker. Okay, so here's the proof that they they fucked up somehow. At least so, there's some blame to place on them. Sure. WCW did it like years later, yeah. and it was blockbuster for them. They, they made a lot of money. I agree. It, it propelled them to the next level. I agree with you. And it just showed you how much almost like resentment by like the fan base that they didn't get this match, right? That they were willing to go jump to some other company order some pay-per-view they probably never ordered ever. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Like, if you were a WF fan, yeah. like, you know what I mean? I agree. You didn't, you didn't order WCW pay-per-views, no. but then you hear Hulk Hogan's fighting Ric Flair. I wanted to see that shit, yeah, but and you then have, you're going to order it. You're, you're right. It's on the same fucking channel as WF. <laughs> yeah, viewer's choice or whatever, yeah, right? It's, like, it's not like it's hard. <laughs> same you price. just order that one instead of the other one. Bobby Heenan's on that. You remember him. Yeah. Uh, mean Gene. Yeah, there's like, <laughs> I, You know what I mean? You go over there, you're like, oh, this is pretty, like, oh, big I, boss I, man. I know all these people yeah. you know what i mean like it's not confusing that's <laughs> funny yeah they did have the advantage though quinn of that being hogan's first match right so i mean on all, top of mr t he there could, like like i'm saying <laughs> they, they Shaq. W, i gotta say wcw went all out to like make it very welcoming to oh, the they WWF did. No, 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 band they, like to like here's all the people you Sherry. know <laughs> yeah it's like you know all these wrestlers the even the like side people the announcers you know all of them. Yeah, you know Jesse Ventura's on that one. Yeah. Tony Schiavone's yeah, on, on yeah. that one. Probably You've seen some... Tony Schiavone before. Remember him? Like <laughs> it, we got it all over here, right? And there's some of these new superstars you haven't seen, but they're in the undercard, so you don't have to like don't get too distracted. Right. Yeah. It's true, though. I mean, I, a lot of former WWF guys are there. No, I agree with you, Quinn. 
there was an itch that needed to be scratched, but what I'm saying is I think it was a matter of timing with the WWF, where yeah. whether they did Hogan or Flair or Hogan or Sid, I don't think it would have impacted or affected their business. And as far as the house show and wasn't drawing argument, I only get that to a degree. They're correct that it wasn't drawing great, but I always say, well, nothing was. Right. And if anything was drawing good during that period, it was probably that. It was probably, it was the, probably that. It's just... The problem is, is that the comparison they were saying is like, oh, this should draw like WrestleMania three yeah, numbers. But, but why it, would it when it's a house show? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's like what probably the ex the built in expectation was. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I asked this on the boards a couple of weeks ago, too. This is the only time that I think I can really think of up to this point anyway, where they were determining the WrestleMania main event based on running it on the house show. It's weird. Like. Hogan Andre didn't run the house show before WrestleMania 3. Hogan, I don't know if that was possible. <laughs> Hogan, also. That's my point. The Hogan Warrior didn't run the house show before 6. Yeah. It's just weird that we're going to... I think it's... <laughs> no, I just... I honestly think that's just an excuse. Mm -hmm. I think Hulk Hogan... Like, at the end of the day, Hulk Hogan was leaving. Yep. And it would have been stupid if he lost... Because he can't not lose in that situation. Like, because he's not going to, like, what you're just going to. How gonna do you close the show? You're going to close the show with Flair Rick beating Flair Hogan? There for, no, you're going to. I'm saying you're going to end WrestleMania 8 with Hogan standing tall over Ric Flair, and then Ric Flair's got to be there tomorrow, and Hulk Hogan doesn't. What yeah. the fuck is that shit? Yeah, it's either that or Flair has to win, and then yeah. that's a horrible end to yeah. a WrestleMania. That's all and I'm saying. And then you got to hope that the fans are going to stick around for a year long or something for Hulk Hogan to go get his win back yeah, or something. You got to hope that they're going to turn the channel on the next day. Right. With Hogan leaving. You right. got to do anything you can at all costs to, to make sure that like they're going to watch again when you're telling you're basically telling them Hogan's fucking leaving. Right. <laughs> you know, I just I think there was a lot of risk also now that I think about it. Yeah. To ha just to having that match. Correct. The ending is all fucky. You're screwed either way you go. Basically. That's right? what I'm thinking. You, it's timing. You devalue this like great asset you just paid for Ric Flair. Right. Yeah. Like you just destroy him. Right, by having Hogan win. And not and Ric Flair not being able to even, like, yell Get at him a or anything, right, like, right. do anything. Unless, like, he fused with the Warrior as, like, a proxy, but I, I think that might have been the plan, but... Also, what happens to the WWF belt if Hulk Hogan wins it and then See, just the thing. leaves the That's next day? That's what I mean. Like, it was bad timing. And right. I think that... I don't think it was simply a matter of, well, Hogan didn't want to lose to Flair. First of all, Hogan shouldn't in his home territory unless they're building to a rematch. I don't think they had any he viable lost. story... <laughs> anything to <laughs> that's like, what i mean it didn't matter who won or lost it's that literally like, the go? story would be fucked right like i don't think they gave two shits who won that match no, like that's what management I mean. like, where do you go after that it's just how do we like what do we even do yeah rick flair still lost at wrestlemania 8 by the way <laughs> yeah the savage right, yeah, right i'm just saying <laughs> he did um and the other thing too real quick the last point i wanted to make on this is that hogan's history at wrestlemania there was always some kind of a real hook Meaning it was either an annoyance like Piper or the uh, the intense hatred with Randy Savage. Or the USA was under attack. Or the USA was under attack. Or, you know, Hogan facing severe adversity such as Andre the Giant or Ultimate Warrior. But Sid was kind of, it was a comfortable shoe, the Sid angle. was Hogan gets turned on. He's a big, scary guy, bigger than Hogan. It was like they went with a safe option and they put Savage into something that he's fucking good at. Yeah, but even the problem, you know? you know what's annoying about the whole Sid thing is that even he, like, just left the next day. What the well, fuck was going he's on? He's there for there? a few weeks, yeah. Yeah, I know, but he's not even there much after that. Anyway. He leaves in April. It should have been a double retirement match or something. <laughs> right? that, that is the irony, is that, like, Sid's gone, too. The whole thing was, it was a very bizarre time in Everything wrestling. involving Hogan, it's funny, everyone in the undercard, they all, they all kept going, except, like, Jake the Snake. Well, and like, Piper. No, a lot of people left. Yeah, I don't know what... 
That Wrestle- WrestleMania 8 is such a weird show because everyone that's headlining is like leaving. Everything's falling apart, but the announcers and the on they're doing their best to make it seem like everything is it wonderful. It seem like right. if, you, if you didn't watch wrestling one day after right. that show, you would think, Wow, they're at the height yeah, of like right, greatness, right. right? It's like Hulk Hogan, right. Roddy Piper, but it's Ric like Flair, Warriors Macho Man, back. Ultimate Warriors back, Sid, right. Bret Hart, yeah. like all this Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, Tito Santana. You got all these stars. Like this is awesome, right? But it's all coming crashing down. Yeah. And it's hurting inside yeah. <laughs> over there. But I, it's just a weird thing. Bizarre time. Thank you very much, Richard uh, Gustafson, I guess it is, for us suggesting this one. And folks, please let us know what you think. What do you really think the reason was? Let us know that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, the fans have been waiting. It is the final two entrants of the Royal Rankings. It is the Royal Rankings of feuds in wrestling. That'll be coming up right after this. Hey guys, I know a lot of you like wrestling books, and guess what? There's a new one out right now about Lance Von Erich. It's called Lance by Chance, and in this book, you're going to learn all about the 10-year career of the other Von Erich, including his work outside of world class. Just go to LanceByChance.com, LanceByChance.com. Pick up your copy today. I got some good news and bad news for you, Mr. Hogan. You see, at Madison Square Garden, when this man steps in the ring and walks down that aisle, I am going to accompany him. I'm going to leave the broadcast position, and I'm going to stay at ringside. Why? Because I want to be the first man to raise the hand of the real heavyweight champion of the world. Hogan, you and I both knew sooner or later this would take place. And why not in the Big Apple? It's Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan for the real world's heavyweight championship. Hogan, I'll be in New York, and baby, I'll be waiting on you. Give me one. Woo! And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It is Monday, January the 25th, 2021, and it is episode 209, Michael Quinn. Yes, 209! There it is. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, thank you for still being with us here. You're, you're here. Uh, you're here. You know what's? You know what people that might be interested in Quinn. They may want this. We talked about how we view paper. Yeah, we, yes. we view all paper. If you want us to view the paper, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/OVPPodcast, and it doesn't cost you that much paper. It's just five bucks a month for the highest mm. tier. The highest. It's the most it costs. It's now cra- it's crazy. Right? It is crazy because there's two dollar tier or five dollar tier, and I just want to reiterate something. Make it very clear. We don't do this to get rich. We're not trying to, you know, just make a ton of money, but it's more of you like our show and you want more of it and you want to support us. We right. give back to you. Mm-hmm. You get the 1983 Canon. The Canon. It's a separate show. It's it's a wonderful Canon, and I think that a lot of people are joining because they want to be part of that Canon. There is some buzz about this one lately. It's, it's a little buzzy. Like, There's some buzz. People know that somebody is coming in to the World Federation of Wrestling. Yeah, that, Ringside Wrestling. That, the Ringside Wrestling show, yes. <laughs> that, that Somebody's coming to Allentown that's yep. going to change things. Yes, and folks, all this is, it's very simple. Quinn and I watched every WWF Championship Wrestling starting with January of 82. 
Yeah. Right now we're in September of 83. Unbelievable. You can listen along on our normal podcast feed to the older ones. We release the older ones. Mm-hmm. You can watch them if you want on YouTube, the older ones. And it's then like the, 40-something of them. Yeah. You can watch them all for free right now. And then the new ones come out every other Friday as well on Patreon, and that's only $2 a month, okay? Now, if you want to make it $5 a month, you're going to get the 83 Canon, but you're also going to get the pay-per-view review tier. And that's where we said we've gone through every event from WrestleMania, the first one, all the way up to Royal Rumble. That also includes WrestleFest 88, big event. Those are thrown in. Next month, speaking of Hogan and Flair, is uh, WrestleMania 8. I love WrestleMania 8. It'll be really good to get into that. So that'll be coming up. Again, five bucks a month. That's the max. You try it out now. You can sign up right now. It'll charge you on February 1st. Give it a shot if you just want to see the extra content, we'd appreciate it. If not, that's fine too. If you want to support us as a one-time deal, it's a Kofi, Kofi, K-O. Kofi. Is it K-O-F-I? Right? com slash OVP podcast. That's for the people that have actually asked us, hey, where can we give you a couple of bucks? I don't want anything extra. I don't want to subscribe yeah, to anything. Your choice. You can give us $1, yeah, you know, we don't 100 care. if you want. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Like, it, it, but you have the choices over there. You don't get anything. It's just this is just a donation thing. People have asked, or else we wouldn't have done it. Right? We're it, not trying we to. We only did it because you guys asked. <laughs> so honestly, why? And again, if you don't want to donate anything, don't. We're not upset. No. <laughs> okay. I, it is also a free show. Yeah. This is this this, this, this is our always, free. This will always be free. This will always be free. We just appreciate you even listening. So Quinn, let's get into the royal rankings here. We're actually. Ending. This is the last one of the season. No more? Yeah. Now, but we have some business to discuss. So, yes. First of all, let me tell all the new people in case they forgot or if they've never listened, what is the Royal Rankings? Mm -hmm. That is where, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. You do that on Facebook.chat, which, by the way, go vote if you haven't yet for next season's because we're doing WrestleMania main events. The election's still open. It's open. Mail in voting. It's It's all there. Go vote, okay? It's going to be a big deal. But for this season, it was feuds. And what happens is our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, he takes all of your votes, the best and the worst, compiles them up, two separate tanks, and we rank them two at a time. We alternate each week. So last week was the flush, which is the worst. And this week is the final one for the best, the Royal Rankings of Feuds. However, Michael, Mm -hmm. if you remember two weeks ago, there was some controversy. We had a, a healthy debate, you and I, about what to do about some existing rankings. So we'll get into that. Okay. Here's official rankings. Number one is Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. Great feud. Very good. Uh, Number two is Austin Brett. I love that feud. Excellent. Personally, I think that that's number one. But, you know, the the rankings. It is what it it is. It is what it is, yeah. Hogan Andre, a very solid number three. Yes. Can't debate that. Super solid. Now, here's the ones that are kind of in abeyance right now. Abeyance. Abeyance. Can you explain why they're in abeyance? So Hogan Savage is sitting at number four unofficially, and the reason for that is that number five is Flair Steamboat and six is Austin McMahon. But see, two weeks ago, Quinn and I had an unprecedented discussion about letting the fans vote Flair Steamboat or Austin McMahon because we feel maybe Austin McMahon should be above it. And the fan voting is complete. However, the OVP board of directors is still reviewing all of this, Quinn. Right. And we will not know until next week. Big, big review. Yes. board session. They're, they're looking into it. Basically. They're looking into it. Magnifying glasses are involved. It's <laughs> it's kind of crazy, actually. I, I went into the room the other day where they're looking into it. And oh, yeah? It's, it's, I can hear typewriters. Yeah, they're not done. It's, like, it's kind of insane. Still counting the votes. Yeah, so we're going to have to see. Teletype machines. And <laughs> vote counting thing. Teletype. The money counter things uh-huh. are in there, too. Ticker tape. Ticker tape. A lot of they stuff. They got all the devices that count stuff and tell you things. They, they got those little um, Pepperidge Farm cookies, too. 
Yeah, Milano's. Well, you know, they got to feed themselves yeah. while they. It's a it's a it's a twenty four hour seven day a week event of them counting these votes. So it really is. So many to count. This is all real, folks. Yeah. We're not making any of this up. I can hear them in the background now. Number seven is Brett Owen. There is no dispute there. That's its official spot. And number eight at the bottom, Austin Rock. That is the Royal Rankings for now. Quinn, two more are coming out of the tank. I am sure that someone somewhere is going to be disappointed because when you're narrowing something down to 10, mm-hmm. feelings get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> names get missed. Just know we don't pick the entries. No, we okay? just we just rank them. Yeah. You guys are the ones that vote. So if somebody's not on this shit, it's not our sorry. fault. Yeah. Like, I didn't do it. <laughs> So without any further ado, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Dusty Rhodes, whether I like him or dislike him, has got nothing to do with it. And I also appreciate the fact that hell... You can kiss my ass. And then when I put my hand across her face, my man, it felt so good I should have to pay for that. A man like Ric Flair coming after this championship belt. Hey, listen to this, Hokokin. I hate you. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. of feuds the final royal mm-hmm. rankings Quinn. wow it has been a ride would you say yeah it's it's quite a ride um i have to say yes that, that randy savage i hate you fantastic isn't that like that, that's like the definition of a feud it is though uh, yeah <laughs> and that's from 89 and it's yeah. like right at the right before wrestlemania 5 yeah fantastic mm-hmm. it's been great because we've got to talk about a lot of good stuff we've had some difficult decisions to make and obviously, again, we'll be finalizing, finalizing next week once the review is complete. Right. But Quinn, the time for talking is about to begin because we have to talk about right. it, right? Turkey time, whatever. There's whatever no these. turkey, though. Oh, boy. Let's get on to the fans and find out who drew number nine. So, Blair, I know you're in the building somewhere, so let me show you what a real party is all about. Ric Flair versus the Stinger Man. Ah, the Stinger Man. Are uh, you are you surprised this made it? Do you understand why it made it? Here's the thing. Yeah. I'm not surprised because in WCW canon, this is like one of their top things yeah. ever. And I, I'm fine with it yeah, too. I'm like, not surprised either. The thing about this feud that always I thought was weird is like there's not much to it. They just kind of like no. occasionally will fight each other. And They're, it's just like it's understood that like they're both like the best WCW people or something. Yeah, because it's post dust. Well, most of it is post Dusty Rhodes. Right, Sting is like the replacement, right? And a damn good one. I, I yeah. want to. I want to give again. If you're Steve Borden, Steve Borden. Yeah. yeah. If you're newer to the show, you probably think of me as only liking the WWF and all that. Blah blah blah. It's not true. I just do that on purpose to be funny. Yeah. Ha ha ha. There's some WCW stuff I can't stand. Don't get me wrong. It's usually the later. It's stuff, usually though. like the mid '90s, late '90s, but. I actually really have a good appreciation for this feud, namely what it did for Sting, because when we've talked about all season, one of the things that a good feud does is it can make a wrestler, it could really make for good television or make someone's career. Right. And this is really one of the reasons why Sting was put on the map. No, it was good because Sting 
while he was popular when he first came in, um, this kind of made him like they said, like, oh look, he's not he he can fight Ric Flair, no problem. He's like, on the level. Yeah, he's he's good. And Ric Flair was so good at doing that for people. Yeah, I'm never gonna take that away from him. That's the one thing that that's the to me always the primary difference with Hogan with Ric Flair. Yeah, is that he just he'll lose to anybody. Like he doesn't give a shit. Like, he'll, well, he'll make anyone look good even if he yeah, wins. He'll yeah. still make you look good. Inch he, of your life, you know. He still operates under the old school thing. Like he didn't start. He wasn't the one that started that. I only win, brother. Shit. No, I know. You know what I mean? I know that. He see he works under the operation of like. Oh, it's like whatever will make us the most money. Well, Hogan did too, but right. usually that was Hogan winning. Exactly. That's that's just the truth. You know yeah. what I mean? Hogan wanted to make the money too. He's not stupid. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? But anyway, back to the stinger. So he had been um, fairly popular as one half of the Blade Runners with Rock. That would be the ultimate. No, yep. he was. Yeah. No, Rock was the ultimate warrior. It doesn't matter what their <laughs> names were. It's You're absolutely speaking of Rock. Sting and Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And Power Team USA before that. Uh, down in Mid-South. So much power. <laughs> A lot of team. Uh, down in Mid-South, Ben Wants. And then he came into uh, Jim Crockett Promotions mid-87 when Dusty was booking. And Dusty saw a lot in this guy and put him in the uh, Starcade 87. This guy gets over. Now, Stinger at that time obviously had like the little duck tail or the rat tail, the bleach mm-hmm. blonde hair, the charisma. You can't deny that. And this man, the Stinger, has a challenge to make, I understand. You know, Rocky, week by week, my intensity level goes sky high. Good physique. Younger guy. Good with the kids, right? They, he something was a, to like. He's a tailor-made like character. For yeah, them. like they could just use him as something like that could appeal to children and stuff like a cell action figures, right. that kind of thing. Which they needed that during this period of time. They absolutely WWF, did. WWF was doing it out the wazoo. As much as I like Ric Flair, it's hard to sell a Ric Flair action figure when because he looks like a grandpa, he's just a guy in a robe. He's just a guy in his underpants, like the action figure. I mean, it's just a yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's nothing. Oh, it's Hugh Hefner. Like yeah. who is that? Yeah. What is that? You Why know what I mean? You want a figure of that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. He's the guy reading stories. Anyway, so Sting works his way into a match against Ric Flair at the first Clash of the Champions, which was the big Jim Crockett fuck you to Vince McMahon who had been dicking around with him on Starcade 87 yep. and then dicked around it's, with him during the time. It's the revenge show <laughs> yes. for fucking Survivor Series, yes. if you recall. And and for a Bunkhouse Stampede, yeah. which Vince ran the Rumble against. Which is, again, they, they didn't start this shit. Let's put it that way. No, this is all Vince, right? This is, this is Vince's fault that this show even happened. 100%. Yeah. So at the first ever Clash of the Champions on free cable television against WrestleMania 4, we have a 45-minute draw between world champion Ric Flair and Sting. I want to just make mention here. This is the match where uh, Wayne from the Wonder Years is one of the ringside judges. Don't worry. And it, just, it, it is, and he's like 10 or whatever, but it's that's like, not... Just, <laughs> somebody had to keep important. Kevin in line, okay? <laughs> it's not really important. A star was born. Right. Even though he didn't beat Flair, but it was like we were saying, Flair would give up to an inch of losing, you know, like any given moment, it could be over for Ric Flair. Right, right. Even when he won, he would get someone over, and that's what happened here. Sting is now a bona fide star. Would you say that this is Ric Flair's best instance of putting someone over, like, the most successful version of it? Because, Probably, yeah. Because he literally, like, made this guy one of the 
best wrestlers yep. in like the history of wrestling somehow, yep. and like, that, like in one in one shot. And that's why I have a lot of esteem for this feud. Yeah, is because mainly because of that. Yeah, more than match quality, although they're good. They're very good. That might good. be the greatest rub of all time, like quite literally. It's like the rub you hope for. It's got to be for Ric Flair, at least one of, right? Because like, Steamboat was already on the level. Yeah, I did, right? it's not the same. It's like, not this the is, same. This is Ric Flair taking somebody that really, there was nothing. No. So yeah, at that point and making him into like one of the biggest stars in the industry and it like lasting for like 20, 30 years. To the point where WWF picked him up. Yeah. You know, and had yeah, him lose he, Triple H. Like but. The, <laughs> the minute WWF could get him though, like that they, they, they were like, we want him. Yeah. Right. Because they even tried so, in like 2001 and they couldn't do it. Yeah. And he's know? a name. He's just a name. Even as an old man, they want him. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Make money. So then Sting feuds with the Horseman, kind of picks up where Dusty had left, you know, and kind of was involved. And Sting was on the chase, right? Then the Horseman, along with Ric Flair, obviously, turn face. Remember that? The face right. run of the Horseman. And Sting joins them. That's silly. But this is all a setup, because remember... Anytime, <laughs> anytime a face joins the Horseman, it's never... It's it never, never ends up okay. No. Right? Anytime Sting is allied with a former heel, yeah. it never ends up good, you know? Yeah, Sting, one of, one of his main arcs in his whole career is like, aligning with people that aren't trustworthy because he was like friends with them once like luger yeah Arn anderson that one time yeah he always like he he's too sentimental he's too like, nice he's yeah. too nice he's always like well you know we were we were a tag team that time and uh, i liked him you know Arn's like don't worry sting i'll help you they, out they fuck him. Yeah. like it's, 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 it's every time against like stud stable or yeah. something it's like not even anything but anyway back to back to the horseman but then at starcade 89 sting wins the shot at the world champion, which guess who that was? Richard Flair. Yeah. In something that the that evolution would would pick up and, and do their version of much later, like 15 years later, they try to persuade Sting to give up his title shot. They're all face still, right? right? But they're like Sting. They don't don't want to fight. Don't fight. They don't want to fight each other. Yeah, right? no. We're supposed to be a team here. <laughs> right, exactly. what's, what's this about? Similar to the evolution thing. Remember yeah. with Batista yeah. and all that, and Orton and Triple H. So anyway, the Horsemen eventually beat him down, kick him out of the group, return heel. Right. Right. February nine, which they should always be heel. Absolutely. But it's stupid. However, something unfortunate happens. The Sting gets a legit knee injury at the same show. So Lex Luger is inserted as a temporary, like a holdover replacement. Right. Ric Flair in real life doesn't want to lose the title to Lex Luger because he believes the bigger value is in losing the Sting, and I 100% agree. Yeah. It's okay. Rick, Sometimes Lex you gotta, Luger wasn't ready for this quite yet. No, and even if he was, they had built Sting, so it's just like, yeah. you wait, you sit it out. And it's, right. since it's Flair, it's okay. Yeah. It's like, back. It's, it's not like it's Ronnie Garvin champion St- for six Sting months. Sting ain't going anywhere. Right. Right. And he doesn't go anywhere comes back a few months later now he's in the uh the main event scene again and we get to capital combat <laughs> capital kind now here's where look <sighs> i get that people love this but this is also like robocop is involved in this feud don't, i just want to mention don't worry about that okay you're okay with it i'm fine with it because you know i like <laughs> i like goofy shit like, i do too it's okay it's like, you know let ww try to like get some kids to like like it or whatever they're trying to do like you know what i mean wwf would have gotten roasted if they did this in their main event angle back then but but would you (laughs) would you put it past vince of putting robocop in something if he could let's let's be completely honest here yeah i don't know i I, I honestly don't know 
Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to I'm that. I'm just saying. I know. It's something. But for the serious wrestling company, right, this exactly. is a little doofy. Yeah. I'm, Can we it, at least say that? It is. Okay. But we're also during that phase where WCW is trying everything in their power to like anything sort of mainstream. It's yeah. like associated. It with worked us. really well. This yeah. is really fondly remembered. Anyway, Robocop was good. You know what? <laughs> Shut I like up. Him. So now the time has come. <laughs> and Flair, if you think you're invincible. We get to the Great American Bash, July of 1990, and this is legit good. This is a feel-good moment. This is a hell of a match. Sting defeats Ric Flair, finally, two years later now, right, since the initial clash match, to win the W... or NWA, World Heavyweight Championship. Now Sting is is named for life. He's the man. Comes Flair, going for the figure four. Sting's got it, inside cradle, to the field! got a problem here ever heard of the black scorpion yeah remember him that's involved in this feud so this too is pizza man involvement right though? yeah this he, is this is we want to hide him and well he's old and shit well, well here's the thing yeah. though rick flair wasn't supposed to be the black scorpion to right. begin with and in fact there are a lot of different people played the black scorpion until the final Didn't time Iron anderson play him once? Uh, probably a lot of people did. Yeah. Oli was the voice like it's clearly Oli, by the way like yeah. who was fooled by that I, it's stupid <laughs> he has a very distinct voice it's also the Shockmaster voice it's the same thing mm-hmm. oh the Shockmaster was the black scorpion there you go he fit in it <laughs> yeah it all makes sense before uncle fred was <laughs> right, fat right and is he in his salad days and salad that's what he was eating correct yeah. and what kind of dressing do you think uncle fred uses I'd say Russian. Yeah, I was thinking either Thousand Island or Russian. Thousand Island or Russian. <laughs> yeah, something. Maybe, what is the the Milky Ranch or oh, whatever? Oh, yeah, like Creamy Ranch. Creamy Ranch. But definitely not Italian, right? Yeah. Or oil and vinegar. It's always the it's the more chunky ones. Yeah, well, yeah. that makes sense. No oils involved. No. It's the pure chunk. It's cream and yeah, just chunk. <laughs> cream and chunk. Thousand Island. <laughs> more like a thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the Black Scorpion, unfortunately happens uh starcade 90 we find out yo it's rick flair oh yeah. god and um anyway flair wins the title back in january of 90 you know on, one. A, on a side note on that uh fucking black scorpion i always misremember that it's not rick rude because of that other thing that's a halloween <laughs> yeah, phantom yeah, yeah it's like very similar <laughs> different thing <laughs> yeah so that's january 91 and this kind of dovetails into what we talked about flair leaves wcw in 91 so these two cross paths again June 94, they have, and this isn't really, they weren't feuding, quote unquote, but in June 94, right around the time where Hogan is set to come in, right? Flair was the WCW World Heavyweight Champion, and Sting had the um the big gold, which at the time was known as like the International the World International because yeah. they were like they had they to. were trying to negotiate like how the fuck do we get out of this? There's two champions yeah. thing, so like, we we have like, a unification. Right, Flair wins it. Now this is that's the whole ridiculous thing where Sensational Sherry's involved and she like jumps on fucking sting yes when she turns like, yeah. heel like because remember yeah. she's like i like sting therefore yeah. i'll be helping him it's or whatever just like a ruse or yeah whatever. it's a ruse yeah then really there's not much to do with the two of them because flair moves on to feuding with hogan mainly and i know sting pokes in well until nitro until I mean, nitro yeah the first nitro september 95 they they notably have the first they main event the first now, nitro this is a no story anything match this is not like, really this is like yo you should watch the first nitro because it's gonna have rick flair versus sting that's on all. it like and that's fine yeah i think wasn't flair the u.s champ or sting was the u.s champion during that one of them so. was i think it sting just, it's right before he lost it to one man gang or whatever 
Why is that so memorable for I, some it's reason? It's so weird. <laughs> it's like, like Conan and One yeah. Man Gang and that yeah, whole that, time, right? That weird like interlude between <laughs> yeah. Sting and the next champion. It's real yeah, though. It's it like, was One Man Gang. Yeah. <laughs> I was like kind of happy for him when he won it. It was just very joyous. It's like, <laughs> why? Why is he here? It literally was just so Sting could like not be US champion. They were yes. just like, we need to just get it all. Get, get him a little more elevated again. Yeah. yeah That's exactly. kind of what was good about Sting, is he could like dip into the mid card if you needed him to. Yeah. And then go right back up and no they one had to once they got hogan and they yes. were like now it's all clogged up up there like <laughs> right. and they're like okay sting needs to like head down for a little right. bit right it's all he good be interchangeable with rick flair which was the weird thing rick flair would sometimes go to the undercard yeah like 96 yeah in 96 yeah. yep so anyway they would have some occasional matches they fought a world war three little bit in early 96 and then they had some matches in 99 which i, I don't even fuck 99 yeah, okay 99 in, in all a, companies not a good time no and then obviously most memorably the last nitro yeah. Uh, March 26, 2001. Yeah. Yes. Where Ric Flair's wearing his shirt. Is Sting in a shirt, too? I think they're both in a shirt. This is a shirt match. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why. And then, didn't they have a Wasn't match? Wasn't it like cold? They were outside in Del Boca Vista or whatever. And it was like cold, maybe. Maybe that's actually the reason. It's not. It was just a little nippy out. And they oh, both yeah, said, that- you know what? We agree to wrestle in shirts. <laughs> T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they had a match in TNA in like 2011, but once again, we, I, we don't count that. It's the, the primary feud I'm sure that most people think of is 88 to 90. Yeah, they never ran into each other in TNA, did they? Cause they were yeah, they did. Good. They fought once. Right, but I'm, I'm saying just, in like the height of Sting. No? I don't because I forget when Flair went in. Remember Flair yeah. was very ambiguous with that. He's like, oh, I hate, every, I hate Vince now again or whatever it was I lo- that he needs money and he always goes back. The best thing about that was when him and Jay Lethal like wooed or whatever. I guess so. It was yes, very good. I guess that's funny. Yeah. Anyway, that's the feud. I think most people, again, really like the 88 to 90, 91. I get it. I think it's great. I think it's one of the main reasons Sting is Sting. Right. It's because of that feud. It's one of those feuds that you just say, like, it made somebody, and that's all it really needed to do. That's one of the things that makes a good feud. I don't know what it did business-wise. I'm not up yeah. to snuff on that. The one, problem, not- the one problem with it, to me, is the fact that it, like, lingers and nothing of note really happens other than it's like, well, it's nice that we did this again. Yeah, true. It's just like, it really goes from, like, 89 to 90, and that's, like, the real thing. The meat of it, yeah. yeah. It's good, though. It's very right. good, and it's a star-making uh, feud. That's all I have to say about it now. We'll see where it ranks, but Quinn, if you're ready, there's one more entrant. Sure. Hang on to your hats, everybody, because you might be upset. You might be happy. Let's find out. We didn't make this decision. We didn't start the fire. Let's find out who drew number 10. And you see, Fritz Von Eric, when you hit me when I wasn't looking, I want to add that in, I wasn't looking when you hit me yellow belly dog when you hit me you started something that you know nothing about because we're a whole different era man well it's nope. the uh, Freebirds versus the von Erics. it's the feud that made doc hendrix it's the michael hayes appreciation feud right okay i'm not at all surprised that this made it i figured it would yes and i wholeheartedly agree that it should be on here yeah this is another star making feud but this is also a territory making feud yes. quinn yes this <laughs> honestly made wccw made them be able to do like ah the cotton Bowl <laughs> yeah. and like all that kind of shit it was a literal boon to their business yes boon yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very boony. There's a lot of boon. Yeah. All right. The Freebirds Von Erics. Now, Freebirds had already been around in other territories uh, as late as 
early as what? I want to say like late 79 or something, like 80. They'd already been, <laughs> been the thing. around a bit. They'd yeah. already been around a few years. Yeah. And the Von Erichs obviously were the sons of Fritz Von Erich, the promoter of world class, which was the Dallas territory. But they were built up to be like the biggest shit to ever happen to Dallas or whatever. Well, they were hometown heroes. Like right, legitimately yeah. hometown heroes. They're very fast times at Ridgemont High kind of. <laughs> characters <laughs> like in general just these like these townies short like, shorts yeah like t- they're townies they are though yeah, yeah but in a good way they're like the hot the the, the football player right. or something, the varsity captain or whatever absolutely and we're mainly talking carrie kevin yeah. and david was david was really the the centerpiece yeah i feel like journey should be playing while they're driving their corvettes down dallas like yeah okay maybe ZZ down the streets top. of dallas yeah in dallas uh, i miss my family of course but you know this is my place of uh, of refuge where I want to get away and get away from everything, you know. But the thing is, is world class wasn't anything more than a bit of a regional, you know, just like a regional whatever territory. But it wasn't big. The thing that Michael Hayes always says brought the Freebirds there ultimately, which I always think is a weird thing, is like because their TV distribution was via satellite, and yes. that was like some kind, like they were talking about how like there was like. You could see them in like Europe or some shit. Was like that what w- it was? Yeah, it was like they were like all over the place because of the fact that they like pioneered being on satellite okay. or something. Okay, I yeah. didn't know that, but yeah. I believe that. So we get to the point where uh, Michael Hayes comes in in the fall of 82 and shortly afterwards, uh, Gordy and Buddy Roberts come in and it was initially just a couple of matches, you know, when they were faces. Yeah. And they were aligned with the Von Erics. They were friendly, right? And the, the Freebirds mainly took on other heels. Right. Of world class at the time. And then we uh, get to the Christmas Day of 82 show, okay? Mm-hmm. Where the NWA champion, because again, remember, WCCW is a territory. Yeah. So Ric Flair, <laughs> the NWA champion, comes to town. Right. The big Christmas I mean, Day show. It's like the ceremonial, like the champion had back then had to come to all these territories yep. anyway. So this is, it's, Rick, it's WCCW's turn yep. with Ric Flair, right? Hats off to Ric Flair. Yeah. Doing his thing. The opponent here is going to be Kerry Von Erich in this case, and they're going to have a cage match. Right. At the Sportatorium, right? The Sportatorium, of course. Always the Sportatorium. The Dallas Sportatorium. And for some reason or another, Michael Hayes is the troubleshooting inside referee. Got jeans on, I think. Jeans. And Terry Gordy is the outside, like kind of just watching out, right? Terry Gordy's out there. Right. And there's some, they allude to some kind of friendship between him and Kerry Von Erich. It's like, I'm going to watch your back, make sure Rick doesn't screw you. They're all friends. Yeah. And David Manning is the regular referee, in case you care. He's like the, the WCCW, like ref, the ref of WCCW, yeah, right? sneakers on, I think. <laughs> I yeah. And at some point in the match, what happens is Hayes wants Kerry to get like kind of a cheap win. Right. But Kerry's like, no, I don't want to win that not way. Not that way. Uh, I'm not going to do it that good, way. I'm the a good tornado, guy. Yeah. The, the dust settles yeah. with the tornado. Sorry. <laughs> a whispery it's promo from Summer Dry, according to Bobby the Brain. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that line is a weird miss Hot for Bobby. calm. <laughs> a weird <laughs> miss for Bobby <laughs> Heenan. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> I always like it pisses me off. It's that a he bad says line. It. And he uses it again at some MSG house show. <laughs> I hate it. He uses it all the, the time. It's generic. It's going to be Texas, hot and calm. Is Texas tornado wrestling? That's what I say. It's just very weird. <laughs> yeah, but if you watch the weather forecast, it's going to be hot and calm. Hot and calm. Hot and calm. So at some point, Flair knocks Kerry Von Erich into Michael Hayes. Hayes gets up. He thinks Von Erich attacked him. Right. And then Terry Gordy slams the fucking cage door on Kerry Von Erich. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kerry Von Erich hit in the head by the cage door as Gordy threw it too, and Kerry Von Erich smashed by the cage door, leaning over the rope. A feud is born. The fans are pissed because this goes back to what Quinn was saying. These are townies. Yeah. This local. 
territory here. By golly, you fucked the football captain. These like, are their what, boys. Yeah, they. He's he could have been the world champ. Our 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 hometown boy could have been big around the world. Right. And, and, and Mr. Scotland Fritz and Japan and everything. Yeah, like, it would have been the biggest deal. Uzbekistan. Yeah. And um, Mr. Fritz, we know him. We've grown up with him. He's like your kindly general store owner. We love Fritz von Erich. Yeah. Kindly gentlemanly promoter. He owns the store in town. Right. Like you know. So people are pissed, and that's one of the things here. The fans, good gravy, did this draw heat. They hated it. Like, they, they hated the Freebirds, man. They were like these fucking they assholes. Literally, would try to kill them. It was like, literally. It was literally to them. They messed with their sons. Yes, like you know what I mean. And like they, they were not going to mm. stand for this shit. Mm. You know. You know how we talked about with Flair Hogan was timing is why it didn't work. Yeah. Timing here is why it did work. Right. It was just the perfect time they in it, wrestling. Yeah, they caught it at a point where, like, people really thought these Von Erics as these local boys. Like, they, they were. They really, they thought that they were the sons of Dallas. You mm. know what I mean? The favorite sons, right? Yeah. And they were. Yeah. This was, it was real. Like, it was an offense to the, the Dallas area that they didn't win the world title. Exactly. And yeah. that you have these assholes from Georgia. Yeah. Storming in Who here. Who caused this shit. Who caused this. And that's one thing. Look, I we like to make fun of Michael Hayes and especially Doc Hendricks, but I'm not going to lie. Michael Hayes, early, mid-80s as the heel talker of the... Because yeah. he's whatever in the ring. He's fine. I don't even know if he's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of the heel mouthpiece of the Freebirds is phenomenal. Yeah. And I will never say otherwise. And on top of it, while all this is going on, there's like a lot of, like like we said, changes with the technology, but also with the... um. I know that Michael Hayes talks about how they brought music into the fold and that actually like contributed to like making this seem like a big time feud. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and vignettes and things like all this stuff was like kind of new back then. Absolutely. And this is, yeah. you know, this kicked off this feud made world class a source of talent and made it a lot of money. I mean, made the, it a target for made the it other a, ones made it a target take, to take the talent. Yeah. Too. But the boom here, I mean, lasted for years, even once the Freebirds kind of left I and mean, we're talking four or five really good years out of world class because of this and people like Rick Rude came out of here Percy Pringle Paul Barry yeah. you know Ultimate Warrior Pastor a lot of good talent came through here yeah and it really did put them on Sunshine the map Sunshine and uh, Sun Jimmy and, Garvin and Jimmy Garvin a yeah a lot of good stuff happened yeah. down here and, and they would all th th this feud also if I recall inter starts to intermingle a lot of the WCCW talent and it starts to pull things in it's another one where yeah. what we talked about with the, the Flair Dusty was one and, yeah. and Brett yeah. Uh, Austin also everything orbits this feud yep and again as it should yeah they have a lot of matches we're not going to go over like all these individual matches they fight matches each other I swear they constantly. fight each other like every fucking week in some on, permutation on the WCCW yeah. show it's like David versus uh, fucking Terry Gordy Terry Gordy or something they would like, do that though you know what I mean it handcuff just, matches yeah just whipping matches they every week the fans wanted their fix of some permutation of this feud. Yep. Even if it was like, I know like Jimmy Garvin was aligned with the heels somehow. Even yes. though he like wasn't even in this Freebirds yet. He wasn't in the Freebirds, but he was down there as a heel. Right. right? And it, like he was like friends with them. So yeah. he would feud with people he was who were an associate. friends with the uh, Von Eriks. And like, that's like how this shit worked. Fritz himself will get involved sometimes yeah. as oh, an attraction. Like bring the old man in. Yep. It's like, you fucked with my kids. Like, you know what I mean? It's Abs like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't wrestle anymore, but I'm going to punch you. Yep. Like, you know old man I mean? strength. Yeah. Old man <laughs> strength. Like it just, it worked. It because, worked. Cause it's like the Brett Austin thing. It's just, it, it, everyone else is pissed. And it's just a great time. That yeah. is their 83. Unfortunately, in um, in February of 84 is when David passed away. Right. Now, they did continue the feud a bit. Mike can't kind of replace David. And there was that, like, fake Von Eric. Lance Von Eric, yeah. yes. 
You can get his book, by the way. Uh, and, uh, and then the feud officially, like the, the canonized ending to this wave of the feud really was the Thanksgiving show where Kerry took on Michael Hayes in a loser leaves town match. Right. Mayhem as Gordy slammed Fritz. Roberts is lying on the mat. And the score slammed on Gordy's head by Fritz Von Erich. Retribution is Kerry Von Erich. He's declared the winner. This is a feud, if Flair and Sting was, like I said, a star-making feud, this undoubtedly made stars of the Freebirds even bigger than they had been. It's a promotion-making feud. That, it, exactly, yeah. Gwen. It's a promotion-making feud. And so even though maybe it didn't have a lot of impact on global wrestling, right? Like, it didn't yeah. make, didn't do anything I think, that affected the I WWF. Think, I think some can argue that it popularized um, factions. Well, that's one of the things, that, that, right? That, that was, because it is always considered, like, the... The, even the precursor to like the four horsemen. It right? is before it's, the horsemen. The sure. idea that like you could center a company out of two groups fighting each other. Absolutely. It's also one of the reasons that they had the six man tags. Right. Uh, six man belts was yeah. because of this feud. Not only that, it's just one of the. It literally carried everything they did for like two years. So yeah. how do you say anything against that? It, made it didn't them popular. Yeah. I totally support it being the, on here. The one thing I will say that maybe this is a ranking time thing, but I, I will be say right there to ranking soon ahead of it is that it contains a lot of just random TV matches, random house show matches. It's hard to to me. It's hard to keep track of it kind of like exists. I agree. And there's no like there's storytelling, but it, it's like very week to week and like very soap opery where it's like it's, it's just, more that it turns so quickly back and forth that it's like it's hard to follow. It's more like, yeah, it's more like one of those weekly serials where, you know, you constantly have the good guy and the bad guy and it's like a cat and mouse type of thing. Right. It's not one of those like there's these big moments other than Correct. like the beginning. Yeah. It's not like WWF style where you're building to one big climax. Right. This is just like an ongoing it's ongoing and it, it just it feeds into the the money making machine. Right, that's which, all it does. Which is what it was because I mean, for world class, there weren't pay per views yet or anything like that. But so. they were ahead of. The, that's the other thing is it's timing again, always timing. But like world class, when it finally, you know, when it exploded in popularity, yeah, it was like right before the distribution methods existed uh-huh. to really like they had satellite, but like I don't know if they ran closed circuit even. Yeah, they. they TV wasn't in the right spot. They were ahead of their time. They were ready to distribute, but they didn't have anything to distribute it. I agree. You know, no, absolutely. Is it ranking time? Yeah. All righty. I'm going to run them down for you again, folks. Now, the first three are, are where they are. It's Flair, Dusty, Austin, Brett, and Hogan, Andre. The next three are all in abeyance. Hogan, Savage, Flair, Steamboat, and Austin, McMahon. And then seven and eight, Brett, Owen, and Austin, Rock. Quinn, uh, Flair, Sting. Mm-hmm. Better than Austin, Rock? Yes. Okay, why? It's a little more, well, both are like very ongoing feuds, but I think that Austin and Rock, here's the thing, is both were already kind of defined. Whereas Even by like, 99, This right? like made a character, like it made Sting like an all-time great or whatever. Do you think their 97 feud, though, had something to do with The Rock getting as over as he did, or was that... Rock was going to be over no matter what. Yeah. I guess more so the nation po- stuff. He was so charismatic. Yeah. Honestly, I... To me, this was a cherry on top. This feud, rather than a, um, rather than a defining for both the characters. Do you think the fact that these guys had three WrestleMania matches? I mean, that's got to say something, no? Yeah, but only one of them is really good. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, seventeen's obviously their their crowning achievement. Seventeen's amazing. Nineteen's pretty good. That's more of like a farewell, though, like, like a wink at the audience. So much. I know people. I know it's controversial the ending, but I like it. No, I like it too. Yeah. I think fifteen is fine. Yeah, but it's for me. It was always a foregone conclusion. Like I just, obviously, Austin's winning. Yeah, I can't not put Sting. It made Sting. It made Sting. It's like you can still see its impact today whenever WWF pulls Sting out of the closet and they're like, look, it's Sting. You know, like that's all based around like the Ric Flair feud. It's the only reason it's he's still a thing. Okay. That's power right there. Flair Sting is better than Brett Owen. Um, yeah, I'd say so. I think Brett Owen's a wonderful little chunk of time, but I don't think. It's short in the long term when you think of like the overall like we, yeah it felt long but it, it felt long but their actual feud like isn't that two long years yeah i like the wrestlemania 10 match obviously mm-hmm. i like the SummerSlam 94 match okay i mean it's really good but it's not a favorite of mine but really i mean it, the the bulk of the really good storytelling is really all in the lead up to it right to getting to wrestlemania 10 the rest of it's like ancillary yeah it's like owen is a main eventer against brett is fine it made sense but it wasn't this great it was okay I love Brett. You know good, that. It had a really good match. Yeah, my favorite match. But that's... It. I'm gonna... Yeah. I think Flair Sting is better. Right. Now, how do we work this abeyance situation? Can we, like, rank it against Austin McMahon? We can, because once the voting is done, it'll be when it's all finalized next mm. week. You know, we'll, we'll reshuffle it if we need to. I don't... Uh, it's I tough. I can't say... Austin uh, McMahon made the Attitude Era. It's like whether people like defining, it or not. Yeah, yeah I, you know what I mean. I know it's controversial because some people. I, I was surprised to find out on the boards that some people really don't like Austin versus McMahon for some reason. It's because uh, they didn't really have matches, and when they did, it's like Vince got too much offense or something. But he didn't really. Austin always kicked his ass. Yeah, and they only wrestled twice. There would be brief periods where Austin was down, and McMahon's like, "Ha ha ha! Finally got you where I I'm want using you. like weapons and yeah, shit." Yeah, exactly. Like it, it makes sense. He didn't ever win fairly or anything. It was like Austin misses a move, runs into a post or something. Big Show comes through the ring. Yeah, fucking Shane like dinks yeah. at him and tricks distracts him like something like that the way they sold it is always that vince was completely fucked yes but that he would get that austin would somehow get screwed here and there mistake yeah that's all like yeah it was never yeah they never made austin look bad no my bigger gripe with it is only that they didn't wrestle too much for it being a wrestling feud (laughs) that's my but it's good that they didn't wrestle too much yeah i think they saved it right because it was like oh nowhere to run now vince yeah like that's like how it was it would he was always evading vince for the months and then they would have a a match yeah no it made sense because remember vince like all screwy won the royal rumble yeah and that's where they're like you know what fuck it we're gonna fight at the next pay-per-view and that's what they did that was their first actual match so it made sense but I don't know. I mean, Flair Sting is a tremendous wrestling feud. It's a career maker. Once again, here's the problem. This is why we're revoting. I like Flair Sting better than Flair Steamboat. Flair Sting better than Flair Steamboat. I do. I do too. But, but I don't know if Austin I Austin McMahon is correct. Yeah. So here's what we got to do. I think we got to move Austin McMahon and Flair Steamboat down, right? And then again, if Flair Steamboat and Austin McMahon flip, so this is what happens. If we agree, Quinn, mm-hmm. that Flair Sting is better than Flair Steamboat because Flair Sting is a career maker. Right. Flair Steamboat was excellent, great matches, but this did something more for Sting than it did for Steamboat, maybe? Yeah, that's fine. But it's not necessarily better than Austin McMahon. It's just that that's where the voting is locked right now. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So we'll leave it there. I don't think it's better than Savage. It's not. I'm sorry, but Hogan Savage... Hogan Savage is like epic. I'm not trying to be like a WWF fanboy, 
but we weren't even fair enough to Hogan and Savage the last time we ranked it. Yeah. It's fucking tremendous. It is very good. Because it has roots in 85 and 86. Savage yeah. never liked him ever, and, even when they were allies. And even like when the mega powers explode, that, yeah. that moment, that whole like everything in the back. Right. Like, beefcake getting involved. And, like, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Savage beats the shit right. out of him. Like, so listen, Flair Sting... In the top five, I don't think that's a bad spot. Yeah. I mean, come on. No, this is this is fine. Okay. Okay. Next. Next, we have the Freebirds Von Eriks, which immediately goes above Austin Rock, in my yep. opinion. I'm sorry, but above it does. Brett Owen also. Oh my god, are you kidding not me? Not even a question. I I would have that, to again Austin McMahon so hard. Why? I know. Ugh. I would have to say though that Freebirds Von Eriks. It made the promotion, but Austin McMahon was the primary reason that. So did Austin McMahon. Yeah, that's what I mean. It that, literally like saved the WWF. The week to week was centered around that, and that so was one of the reasons people we kept could watching. Leave it here. Is that sacrilegious to put it at number eight? Well, it, here's the thing: it's, it's better than Flair Steamboat, though. It's better than Flair Steamboat. <sighs> so it has to go above that. That's how we got to do this until the voting is but, finalized. Okay, so here's the here's the fucking problem I have. Yeah. If there's some kind of switching or something, yes. right? Does Austin McMahon? move above Flair Sting even? Then we have to re-decide that. Oh my god. I know, this okay. matters though. So this the, the rankings are going to be finalized next week. After we finish the flush, we'll do the rankings, don't this worry. It'll be like an extra segment It'll be where quick. we have to like weed this out. It'll be quick, yeah, okay. I'm sure we'll know. You okay. know, but I really think that Von Erich's Freebirds is better than Flair Steamboat. I 100%, do. yeah. But because Austin McMahon is locked with Flair Steamboat right now, we have to move them both down. That's all right. I'm saying, okay? Okay. So if we put the Von Eriks Freebirds... Ugh, this list is bad. It'll get better. Are the Von Eriks and Freebirds, is that better than Flair Sting? I think it is. I um, think it's even more... But again, it's within the capsule of WCCW that it's more consequential. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it is... You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Flair Sting also had Robocop and Black Scorpion. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. Von, Von Free. Like, can we not lose our heads here and act like it's the best thing ever? But it's not better than Hogan and Savage. Mm. No. Not just no. Von Eric's favorite, you don't think? Here's my problem with it. Okay. Is, like I said, there's no defined moments other than the beginning. That's ultimately my issue with the Von Von Eric Freebirds thing. Yeah. It's just like, a, like I said, I wanted to make that point about how it being like, um, it's just kind of a thing that's happening. There's no like breakthrough parts to it. After the, the the cage match thing, the rest is just like, oh, they're fighting this week. So you can't conceivably put it above Hogan Savage no. or Hogan Andre yeah. or any of that. It doesn't have the moments to do it. it. It's very much like Flair and Sting. There's like the beginning and then the rest is like, oh, look, they're fighting again. That's fun. Whereas you prefer a feud with like these top four, honestly. Yeah, moments and blow-offs and, and like and, endings. And, and a lot of tension. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, Hogan Andre is its own yeah. thing, but Austin Brett, Flair, Dusty. Yeah. Uh, okay. 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 Now, Hogan Savage is officially locked in where it's at then. There's no that, more there's controversy no more, there. There's no more controversy creating cash. So there. it's, <laughs> but, it but has pulled away this, from the this pack. This whole Austin McMahon, Flair, Steamboat situation okay. is very fluid. So we're not- Like, I can see- a, a universe, right, <laughs> where Austin McMahon moves up above Von Free. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I mean. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We can definitely say with a surety what is locked in, and then we will have to just give yeah. you the, the balance next week, folks. So right now, let's get this music going here. There it is. There it is. At number one, no matter what, is Flair Dusty. Right. Two is Brett Austin. That's locked in. Three is Hogan Andre. That is locked in. 
Four is Hogan Savage. That is locked in. But now we get into where there's still some fluidity. We have the Von oh, Erics and the Freebirds. The music, no. Huh? Flair and Sting. Flair yeah. and Steamboat. And Austin McMahon. That will be finalized next week. And then at number nine, we have Brett Owen. Right. And 10 is Austin Rock. Of course. That's the Royal Rankings. There will be one last rank next week. But Quinn, when we come back, we haven't done a good episode of WWF Monday Night Raw in a while. Oh, yeah. Let's see if we have found one, Quinn. It is WWF Monday Night Raw. That'll be coming up right after this. Hey, just a reminder, visit LanceByChance.com. Grab a copy of this new book about the other Von Erich. You got 25 chapters. You're going to hear stories about Ric Flair, Gina Hernandez, Billy Jack Haynes, and of course, the Von Erich family. Again, that's LanceByChance.com. LanceByChance.com. Get your copy now. What are you going to do? You going to blame us for everything? You going to blame us when you don't get the check that you wanted from your employer? You going to blame us when your wife has a headache at night? You going to blame us when she wakes up in the morning and she looks bad because your kid's nose is running? You want to blame us for anything, it's cause you, and when I say you, I mean the Von Erics can't handle us. Brother Buddy had to take the load by himself, but the Bad Street Bunch is back, stone cold sober as a matter of fact. Hello wrestling fans, it's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. 55 and 5 is the only show on YouTube that answers Art Donovan's age-old question, Who is this guy? Ring of Honor's Ian Riccoboni and ROH Ambassador Carrie Silken collected the entire 1955 Canadian Parkhurst wrestling trading card set, and they look to quiz each other on both the headliners and blank and you'll miss some wrestlers featured in this set. Join them each weekday on 55and5.com at 8 p.m. as Carrie and Ian share stories, get stumped, and provide five-minute wrestling history lessons. That's 55in5.com. 55in5.com. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 209. 209! Thank you, Quinn. Quinn, we talked about how we're going to do an episode of Monday Night Raw. Yes. We're reviewing it. Now, the last Raw that we did was February of 95. That was or a January. Piece of crap. It was not so good. Yeah. It was Gorilla and Shawn Michaels. One. It was very weird. Why can't he wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> now, we reviewed Raw for 1993 before. We actually have done the first Monday Night Raw. And this is actually one of the last ones of 93. It's December 6th. It's always a weird month for Raw. December. December is usually that. poor. Yes. <laughs> like the four episodes of the year where we're like, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, it, it is. It's not a good month. It's like Royal Rumble's like still a little far away. Yeah, we're uh, just know. starting to rumble about it. We're just starting to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. What's going on here basically in December 6, 93 is the uh, Survivor Series is coming on, right? And we've got a 
couple of angles that are going on. You know, you've got your Brett Owen angle has started. Savage Crush is going on. Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. Yep. Some good stuff. <laughs> but someone's leaving, Quinn. And uh, obviously, it's probably most notable for being the final WWF Raw and final appearance of Bobby Heenan yep. until and 2001. WrestleMania 17. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. It's sad. It is sad. It's also very odd to see Bobby here as we almost leak into 1994. It's weird to see Bobby even talking about 1994 angles. Like Brett Owen. Yeah. You know? Like it's just very... Not, Sean Razor. Yeah. Then again, I don't know. Bobby was a bit involved with Helen jokes earlier. It's not... It's yeah, him not, and it's, King. It's not out of his purview. No, it's not out yeah. of his purview, but... I just thought that this is an interesting episode. We've never covered it before. We've talked about Bobby getting thrown out. You know, there's yeah. no surprises there. We've done this. Yeah. We've talked about it. Now, this can, should we talk about this before, like the backstory behind this with the WF magazine that you always like to point? Because <laughs> I feel like th- if there was ever a time to right. start a review with the Bobby the Brain Heenan, like the the leaving backstory, okay? Because it's it's like a year long or something. It's something that I've come up with. This is this is like partially my own canon and partially no, it's 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 written down partially based on a magazine article, yeah. from I think the January ninety four issue um, by Penny Levin. And anyway, the whole thrust of it is that the whole time Bobby was kind of pretending to have money or maybe he did at some point but he lost it we know he did because of the andre the giant yes. nine hundred thousand dollar situation right but a lot of the times him being cheap is him not being cheap it's just that he doesn't have the money that he says he has right the yacht thing with the yacht quote-unquote with gorilla from prime right. time it's like a cover and it got revealed right but it still didn't reveal the truth right? right there's some kind of like underpinning throughout this episode that as gorilla has actually like it was suspected but he has discovered the truth about Bobby the Brain Heenan. And it's just like, he's finally done with him. He's had enough. Yeah. That's he, the other part. He finally part. has the ammunition, yeah. right, to get rid of him. That's the other part of this whole thing, is Gorilla Monsoon has just had enough of Bobby Heenan lately in the right. last couple of weeks, and he's going to be tossing him out. And the real reason is Bobby wanted to take a year off. This is his own words, okay? Some people say he left to go to WCW, but that's not true. He didn't leave to go to WCW. In his own words, he says he was leaving because he was asked to take a pay cut, from Vince and he was just tired and he's like I've been doing this for 33 years whatever it was he was going to go home to Florida where he lived take a year off and that'll be that WCW called him right after he left said do you want to come in and work you know one show you know do like one weekly show we'll pay you a lot of money yeah and they offered health insurance which he wanted she's getting older right and And he he needed for his neck he had a bad neck yep and he came in in January 94 he didn't leave WWF to go to WCW I get why people think that he said like he didn't want to leave he knew he was going to the minor leagues but he was getting ready he knew he was in the twilight he needed to get all the money he could to retire you know what I mean well that too yeah Yeah. and this is going to be a lighter schedule and he wouldn't have to travel as much exactly that's mainly why he did it one way or another Vince obviously loved the guy and thought very highly of him and asked him how he wanted to be thrown out of the company and Bobby's idea was have his best friend I mean, you knew, you know, you knew Vince was going to, he's like, Bobby, it's got to be really funny, right? It's yeah. like, it's got, we, you, it's you, right? Yeah. Like you, you do whatever you need to do to make this insane. Yeah. Like, this is all Bobby's idea. Yeah. I saw someone on Twitter like, oh, what a, what a sad way for him to go out. Like what a, he deserved better. This is what he wanted. <laughs> this is the most, <laughs> let, let me say he's this. He's a heel. If Bobby the Brain Heenan never appeared anywhere again, and this is how he left. It would have been is, fine. This is exactly how Bobby would have done it. Yes. Like, just make a big fucking scene and look like an idiot. He like, made a career out of looking like an idiot. Yeah. 
dressing up in weasel suits, falling, like yeah. tripping. Like he, that's what he did. Yeah, exactly. This, this is what he wanted. This is the ultimate pratfall yeah. right here. Pratfall out of the company. Absolutely. It, yeah. So that's mainly what this Raw is known for, but we decided to take a look at the whole thing and see, all right, is it good? Is it a good Raw? Let's find out, Quinn. It's WWF Monday Night Raw, December the 6th, 1993. Can, just the looks of it, I can smell the decline all over the place. You love the decline. Don't, I, don't lie. I hate it so much. It pisses me off. <laughs> we're in a White Plains, by the way, in case you were wondering. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's wrong with White Plains, just, man? For Raw! <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> anyway, we, yeah, it's more of like a superstars taping, yeah. right? Anyway, we open with Vince recapping how last week Diesel took on Razor Ramon. It was last Monday night, the 300-pound Diesel squaring off against Razor Ramon. Vince says 300 poundy, so I know he probably weighed this much, but I swear they always like listed him as less. Am I wrong? Like, am I just imagining that incorrectly? Yeah, he was. They listed him as 317. Did they now? Mm-hmm. We said him like 280 or something. 317. They wanted to make him seem lean or whatever. <laughs> no, his official weight was 317. Uh. But anyway, as they were fighting, Shawn Michaels interfered. In his leather coat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, he grabbed Razor's IC belt, went for a pile driver on the belt, but then the 1-2-3 kid interfered. He used a little bit of karate to help out. This whole angle, actually pretty good, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, so guess what, Quinn? Tonight... Shawn Michaels has taken on the one, two, three now, kid. I want to say something about this because I had to like rewrite my notes. The way they presented this and the way Vince is like very quickly talking. Yeah. I swear I thought, oh, well, it's going to be, you know, Diesel and Shawn Michaels versus the kid and Razor Ramon, right? Like, oh, that's no. what I thought. I, no. I'm just saying the way it was presented. Yeah. Like, it didn't it seem like that. Like they were building to a tag match. Yes. For tonight, at least. For before tonight. there was any kind of singles yeah. happenings. But it's Shawn taking on the kid. Yeah. Uh, now, we get a shadowy promo from Sean, who's holding his IC belt that he had when he left, when he got suspended for no one knows. Now, this is brand new, right? <laughs> like, this is the, this is his first time back in this whole other Intercontinental belt angle. This um, is the first, t- other than last week when he still had it on. But well, like, his wrestled at Survivor Series. With the other belt on? Yeah. I oh, think he, he when he came back, he just had it with him the whole time. First, he had to like fill in for Jerry Lawler, right. so they didn't focus they, on it. They seem to make a big deal about it. he's back. You know, yeah. what I mean? like tonight, even though he, you're right, Russell is survived. Yeah, he was at Survivor Series, but it's very odd. It's okay, the timing of it. <laughs> but he says whatever the hell Shawn Michaels says in '93. But sadly, he doesn't have news for us or God's green earth or anything. No. Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels was just about to permanently imprint the emblem of the Intercontinental Championship on the head of that imposter, Razor Ramon. And then we get the classic Raw intro, which of course features Damian Demento. At least this year, it's accurate, unlike the last Raw we did. <laughs> he's like in the 95. Yeah, it's like it's the same intro. At least he's in the company in 93 at some yeah, point. It's true. And like I said, we are taped, not live, from White Plains, New York. And the crowd is excited. The siren is blaring. Wee, 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 like as they're like talking. Of I- course. They needed to like turn the volume down on that a little bit sometimes. So, like, sometimes you're like, what are they like? I, all I can hear is this siren. You hate it. Yeah. You've never spoken favorably of the siren. It's just, it's too loud. It's always mixed wrong. It's not that I don't like it. It's fine if they mix it correct. Like, you could probably mix an intro to raw properly. Yeah, you just turn the volume down a little. I don't yeah. know why that's so hard for them. Yeah, it's always <laughs> like, what's, what are they, what, something, one, two, three, kid, what's happening? Like, <laughs> wait, 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 like, what? Anyway, Vince welcomes us uh, with Bobby Heenan, of course. 
in his shitty coat. It so is. That, that windbreaker. See the greenish even one. If you didn't know he was going to get thrown out. You was like, wow, he looks extra dumpy tonight, huh? He really does. Like once Flair leaves, he starts to look extra dumpy. And I'm yeah. telling you, that's part of the it, subtle it's theory. Totally built in. Only Bobby the Brain Heenan would think about like, oh, I got to dress like more poor. His meal tickets yeah, gone. Yeah, that's exactly. what it is. It's like I can't afford suits anymore. <laughs> Now, this is real. Bobby definitely looks sad for a few seconds. He knows it's his last time, and you could just see it in his eyes. Yep. But he gets it together, and he's joking around. He's like, oh, the kid can win the title tonight, which, of course, pisses Vince off because right. <laughs> Sean doesn't have the title. I like. I do like that, you know, yep. where the heels act like Sean's still the champion. It's, it's funny. It's funny, yeah. Vince says uh, he got a call from Gorilla Monsoon earlier, and Gorilla's pissed about Bobby's comments from last now, week. Okay, what comments can... This was never explained. What did he say? He's just... Nothing in particular. They he's just, just uh, he's the, had enough of the them. usual Bobby. Like, yeah, shit. but he's just not tolerating it anymore. Gorilla's keep, done. The whole episode, they keep saying comments yeah. last week. What comments? Well, at Survivor Series, remember the whole show? He's making fun of Gorilla. That's true, but I he's just like Gorilla's just had enough. It's nothing out of the ordinary. Gorilla's just done with yeah, him. Okay, you it's, know what it's I mean? More, it's more of a buildup <laughs> yeah, of, of shit. He's just like, get, fuck you. Because, like, yeah, enough. They, they make they make it say like Bobby said something really no like diff- worse than usual. No, no, last no. Week. He just had enough. Okay, that's all. Brain doesn't care though about Gorilla. He says Gorilla's in New Jersey somewhere, woofing down a big box of bananas. Watch it, Brain. Like that was a little. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sean's music hits. He struts out with his fake IC belt. Uh, Vince hates it. By the way. He's so <laughs> that fucking belt. Fuck this guy. He's not the champion. Razor won. It's good. And there he is, Bobby the Brain. He didn't look what's around his waist. He has no business wearing that Intercontinental Championship belt. He is not the champion, and he knows it. You want Danny Davis chats it up with Fink? <laughs> Something's like never changed. Yeah, he is like clearly just talking Very to Fink. Very chatty over in the corner. Always is. Uh, one, two, three kids music hits to a decent reaction. Good super NES music. Very good. Yeah. Kid still has the early light blue attire. By the way, Danny Davis's hair, it's ridiculously shemp. I even shemp. noted this too. Yes. It, it is super shemp. <laughs> like he looks like shemp and like even the wrinkles on his forehead are shemp-like. You know what I mean? Like the parted shemp hair from like, like 47. Looks kind of sweaty. <laughs> like, I, I I, don't know any other way to describe it. He's just extra shempish. It is very like, shempish. Yeah. Look at a shove to the corner by Sean here to start some right hands, but kids fights back. Irish whip by Sean, shoulder block by kid, drop down, leap frog by Sean, clothesline misses, kid avoids an atomic, and then uses some nice karate to knock Sean out of the ring. Excellent wrestling going on here Absolutely, right now. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. Anyway, Sean recoups on the outside as Shemp is like dicking around with the kid. The kid with a cross corner springboard tope to the outside. I like this a Good lot. Good stuff. Yeah. Vince, I've never seen that move before. Yeah, no shit, Vince. Yeah. You don't, n- <laughs> don't notice know the moves anyway. <laughs> Shot to the apron. Kid tries a suplex. Sean reverses. Go behind. Switch by kid into a German for two. This is great. This no, is like actually good. A German good. suplex by kid. What the fuck? It's good. It's a great little match. Yeah. Usually Raw did open with a very good match, but no during one seems to remember time, that. This yeah. time. For like yes. two years it did. Yeah. It did. Well, when you have the, the whole click, I, I know it's click people, but they're all very good wrestlers and they were they, when they a lot be. of openers. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Yep. 100%. Side head up by Kid on the match. Sean pulls the hair. A few escape attempts by Sean. Kid holds on. Uh, back out. Whip corner whip by Sean. Head scissors out of the corner. Sends Kid to the outside now. Kid now whips Sean into the post, which Sean sells so fucking stupidly that even Kurt Hennig would be like, dude, settle down. <laughs> he was like, fly, like he, flying. He's being all healy. I like it. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. 
kid back in off the apron, but Sean catches him in a power slam on the mat as we go to break. I gotta say, this is a really good opener so far. Excellent stuff, Quinn. Very, very good. I am very happy with this, man. It was like a nice, pleasant match to watch. It you moved. know, It wasn't the kind, like, it was a longer opener, but it, it's not the kind where it's like, oh, this is dragging. I know. Like, oh, it, you know. Well, you know what one of the reasons is, is we don't talk about him too much, but Sean Waltman, man, before he broke his neck or hurt his knee in 94 and then 95, he was always good. Yeah. No. Sean Waltman was seriously always he good. He had a good thing going with this, like, baby face, like, oh, I'm always struggling he to can come move, back man. character. Yeah. Some of the moves he busted out, we didn't see this in the WWF besides him. Yeah. Like, the way he would spring off the road, just awesome. And people, Sean- yeah, people forget that he was, like, the only, like, high flyer guy for a while. Yeah. And he's legit a good wrestler. And then Shawn Michaels, besides his, like, fat Elvis period of 93 like mm-hmm. when he basically when he feuded with crush and then perfect Ugh, whatever yeah. the hell they were doing mm-hmm. besides that Sean was excellent mm-hmm. like Sean Marty hello yeah. right from well no you're looking at a guy who used to be what the kid was yeah and, you know and he he's able to like handle it from the other side basically like it's the the bigger dude best of the high flying and the technical yeah. you mean <laughs> but he's able to make the kid look really good because he knows what he's doing absolutely he, he does do it yeah like, you know what i mean sean once he returned you know like in november sean is really really good throughout yeah. this period it all of a sudden it's like that having to take a break for two or three months or whatever it was it's like a wake-up call and he came back and he was like better than he ever was yeah because like, i don't it, know what the fuck was going on in the summer quinn but anyway, let's go back to the match here. We're back. Sean has the kid in the ring with a backbreaker there. Corner whip by Sean. Sold nicely by the kid. Sean sets up a superplex. Now as Bobby asks if the kid is even 10 years old yet. <laughs> I love how he acts like the kid is an actual child. Yeah, the whole it's, time. It's wonderful. It's good. Uh, kid fights off the superplex with a punch, though. Vince, look at that maneuver. The kid from yes! Look at that maneuver! He doesn't know what a punch is called? We're really... <laughs> I, I don't question... We're this. calling a punch a maneuver it's, now? It's just what Vince does. It, it, I, I have no explanation. I usually don't pick on him for yeah. that, but a punch? It's annoying. <laughs> it's it very is. Annoying. That is. Yeah. Kid tries a drop kick, but Sean lands his own drop kick on the way down. And I was like, damn, that... Jeez. Uh, he actually gets a two off of that. Uh, backbreaker by Sean into like the rest hold backbreaker where you push down. But it's good. It's that's an always a good spot with the kid because he's small and yeah. it looks like you're literally like cracking his body yes. in half. Like it, it looks good. It's always a lot better than the overhead backbreaker, yeah. also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Bobby brings up children's aspirin again. <laughs> nice callback to the Rumble review, huh? Yes. Yeah. It's very funny, actually. Yeah. Off the ropes, big karate kick by the kid. Both men are down. A very close two count off of that kick. Back up, off the ropes again. Double clothesline. Both men down again. Back up, slugfest. The kid backs Sean into the corner. Lands some kicks. Corner whip. Charging a nice kick by the kid. He heads up again and lands a twisting crossbody for two. Body slam by the kid. He heads up again, but he misses a somersault as we go to break. My goodness. Huh? What a pace, Quinn. Yeah, it's pretty good. We come back. I love this. We come back and Sean just lands a super kick. Literally, as soon as we come back, it's like immediate. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we're it's back. Like, we're back. Bink. Like nails it. Good timing on that. Yeah. Sean signals for um the razor's edge, I guess, and yeah. he actually lands it. Good. I didn't think he was. I really didn't think he was gonna nail it. Like I was like, what? <laughs> One, two. Nope. Sean pulls him up and not Vin- that he doesn't beat him with it. He no. just he's like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Well, Sean pulls him up and Vince is like. Oh, the referee can DQ you for... <laughs> when does that ever happen? Like, seriously? Like, Is that illegal? I'm, no, we say it in the 83s and stuff, too. Like, yeah, they, they always threaten it. But like, it the announcers, happens. they're like, hey, that's illegal. You can't pull them up. Why can't you? Why? Isn't it your match? If you don't want to pin them, you don't, right? I, I, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Sean goes for another Razor's Edge. All happy. <laughs> he yeah. picks the kid up for a third one. 
but now Razor Ramon. <laughs> He wanders out in this fucking festive shirt, Quinn. The dumb blue pants. What? He's like an idiot. What is that? What is that getup? I don't know. He looks like a shopper's world. Jerry's cup on it or whatever. It's like... Ugh. What did he buy? Is a kids or us? What, why does he I, look like I that? Don't, he looks just the 90s, the outfit. Like, Seriously. Like a kid colored him in with markers. Like MC Hammer-esque. Not MC Escher, MC Hammer. MC Hammer. Yeah. Anyway, he... Ugh. He pulls the kid out of the ring, so Sean gets all huffy. Yeah, come on. What is, what is this? <laughs> He's helping let, his buddy. Let, let kid finish the fucking match. <laughs> Man, so, it's wrestling. You get hurt sometimes. Like, just deal with it. Jeez. <laughs> so Sean just slaps Razor, and Bobby's like, I would have slapped the guy that sold me that lousy-looking shirt. Yeah, he's right. Did you see that slap? I would have slapped the guy that sold me that lousy-looking shirt. Bobby even picks up on the shitty shirt. It's horrible. It's bad. Anyway, Sean runs to the back entrance, but trips. So Razor's stalking him. And then, like, this is a great little bit of camera work and, yeah. and planning here. You see for, like, a second through the curtain, just a punch from Diesel yeah. on the Razor. Yep. And, th and then that's it. You no, don't Diesel doesn't come out. <laughs> no. He lets Sean continue his onslaught because he's like, well, she's got this. That's like, a you good know, spot. Yeah, he's just like, dink. And then he's just like, bye. And like, he just leaves. And then Sean chokes Razor out with his tacky shirt. And then Bobby again. You know that old saying, if you live by a cheap shirt, you die by a cheap shirt. <laughs> you know that old saying, if you live by a cheap shirt, you'll die by a cheap shirt. I couldn't believe Bobby kept going on about the shirt. It was amazing. This is only things that only Bobby would pick up on. Well, Quinn, the shirt was egregious. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> There's no need for this shirt. Yeah. Anyway, this is an amazing spot, Quinn. Sean hits the razor's <laughs> edge on Razor Ramon. And I'm like, damn, Sean's like, what the fuck? Like, that, he's awesome. That's a good spot there. Yeah. He taunts Razor with his icy belt. A bunch of refs, Tony Gurria, wander out. As we get a close-up of a toothpick. It's great. Like, I'm surprised Vincent, oh, a toothpick. A toothpick. Razor yeah. Ramon. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, Bobby's like, that's the toothpick Razor always has. What a loser. Or whatever. <laughs> like, it's basically, it's like that. And then Sean lends another razor's edge before finally leaving good lord sean is just kicking all kinds of ass in this episode he's like beast mode sean michaels this is a tremendous feud yeah sean razor it really is they it's make well him, done they make the heel look good for once they don't make him look like a dope right so like, that way razor beats someone credible right this is like oh sean beat up both the kid and razor at like <laughs> the same time only like one punch from diesel was the assist it wasn't that much remember that was his finisher or something was a punch back don't, then don't worry about it <laughs> Anyway, great little angle. Also, by the way, Pat Patterson was like proudly there in a light brown well, leather jacket. You, know. <laughs> you get the fucks out of the rings. I am the officials. <laughs> it's real. You hit the razor's hedge. Yeah. Anyway, we go to break and we come back where Vince is with Bobby and the windbreaker at the table. Mm hmm. And the Quebecers music proudly hits, and Johnny Polo leads him out, uh, the WBF Tag Champions, right. of course. They're not the Mounties, no. although the Mountie is still fantastic <laughs> as they come out. I now, love can him. he not? Okay, question. He's not a Mountie. Either. He can't. He can't be the Mountie when they're not it's, Mounties. That's not how it works. They're not the Mounties. But he's not allowed to even just call. No, them, they're not allowed to be Mounties with an S. But he's not the Mountie. They're not. He's just Jacques. Yeah, he doesn't have a last name. Just Jacques. He's just Jacques. Yeah. Huh. Sorry. It's very weird. I know. Hmm. Now their opponents are the unbelievably dumpy Bert Centeno and Mike Walsh. Right. Bill Alfonso, by the way, the referee, I know people like when Fonzie's the ref for some reason. It doesn't stand out to yeah. me, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why people are like on Twitter if I forget to mention it in a clip. It's only because he was a manager. I later. know, but like, it's like, I know that he was a WWF ref. It's not impressive to me. What? Like he was a ref for a long time. That literally was his gimmick in ECW yes. is that he was a WWF ref. I, he was like a shady. He comes into ECW and he's a shady ref. Yes, that's all it is. Yeah. And then he turns into a manager because he gets banned from refing. Yeah. 
Anyway, Johnny Polo proudly shows off the lawn chair that he brought to ringside. <laughs> Just because he's Johnny Polo. He gets so much Johnny Polo shit, right? Love it. Johnny Polo and Jacques Rougeau being paired together is like an insane it's brilliant. idea. Like I, it, It's so ridiculous. And I like that Pierre doesn't have to do anything except just smile and nod. Yeah. Because he doesn't really, cut, he doesn't really, talk much. It's really the Jacques and Polo show. Yeah, like, and it works. Man, it's a Jacques good pairing. Rougeau, you know what's amazing about Jacques Rougeau in this, in this case, too? Like we said, the good pairing. But I mean, like, really, Johnny Polo just compliments, like, what Jacques Rougeau is. Jacques Rougeau is like the elder Johnny Polo. Yeah. Right? It's like he's right. like, Johnny Polo is doing Jacques Rougeau things that he'd been doing for years. Yeah. D- Jacques is just being Jacques. Yeah. No. He hasn't changed. Why is he so good? <laughs> he just like, is. seriously, like, why is Mountie the best thing ever? I never appreciated him. He's incredible. He really is. He's, he's a fucking heat factory. He's so, he's one of the best promos of this period of time. He's so great. He's tremendous, folks. Yeah. Uh, Jacques Rougeau starts out with Bert Centeno. He gets on his knees to mock how short the guy is. <laughs> so immediately. I love it. immediately. He's, like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. He's like, on his knees. You're short. Ha! And then Walsh tags in. Looking like a child in blue underpants <laughs> or something. Dork. It's a, get out of here. <laughs> so Pierre's in as well. Stumps by Pierre. Irish whip reverse leap. Frog monkey flip by Walsh. Big clothesline by Pierre. Tag back to Jacques who lands a slap and then some stumps. Is it Walsh or Wash? Walsh. Because Vince keeps saying Wash. Walsh. Yeah, I think Mike it's just Walsh. Vince pronouncing it poorly yeah. or something. <laughs> no, it's Mike but Walsh. Mike Wash. <laughs> just kept saying, I just called him Wash. It's fine. Because I thought that was his name. What I'm not even name. kidding. And in the ring here now, Mike Wash, ladies and gentlemen. They didn't even give him the, the cry on. No, they didn't even care. So it's like, if Vince keeps saying wash, they didn't get a Chiron. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. (laughs) Tag back to Pierre. Backdrop by Jacques onto Pierre. Onto Centeno, who I guess tagged back in when I wasn't paying attention. Double whip by the Quebecer. Centeno falls. Big stupid laugh by Jacques. Yeah, as Polo stops reading his magazine in his lawn chair, this is all real. No, that's real. Yeah, this all happened. This is all (laughs) happened. The laugh wakes up Johnny Polo reading a magazine. In the corner at ringside, it's yeah. great. Anyway, the Tower of Quebec. I know you love that finisher, it's so, so do good. I. The finisher is great, awesome. That gets the win, of course. Great little team, man. The Quebecers. They're silly. They're silly. It's and- like now we have two Mounties, <laughs> but, but they're, they're not. But they're not. But they're not Mounties. Like- uh, <laughs> so meanwhile, Polo. Happily folds up the chair. They put Bert Centeno in the lawn chair. Yeah, they bring it in the ring and they put Centeno in the lawn chair and then just <laughs> clothesline him. And they clear the ring and then they have a big group hug. Yeah, it's, it's, I love it. It's, I love the hugging. Yeah, it's so stupid. The fact that they spend the time to put him in the chair and <laughs> clothesline him, just like, ah, this is funny. This is so Jacques Rougeau, man. It's what re- a good team. It's like, really, what they, what's going on here to me is they're letting Jacques Rougeau go like, crazy like they're just they letting do. him like just be Jacques Rougeau extra big time and they let him do this until like whenever the hell he leaves like the fall the it's spring am- of 94 it's amazing <laughs> they just they, they turn up Jacques Rougeau to 11 he's great like it's so good we now throw to a Royal Rumble 94 bumper which looks like Raw and SNES style package yes, SNES. like yeah you know what I mean like, yes. generic announcer talks about you should order it like, yeah so they just show like grainy superstars yeah. footage every two minutes another burst onto the scene 30 people. They always show a battle royal for the Royal Rumble 94 bumper. Well, I, okay, I have a theory behind that. Mm-hmm. Is, is because they don't want to... You know how they're so against showing like actual pay-per-view footage? <laughs> I swear that's the real reason. Like, Maybe. They, my, they're always in, being on like... You can only see stills of pay-per-view on Raw. Yeah, that's true. Like, is, so I, I really think that they're like, no, we can't. 
We got to find things that look like a Royal Rumble. <laughs> we can't actually show them Royal Rumble you shit. You might be right. That might that be might why. That might actually be the thinking. You could be right about that. And like I said earlier, it is weird that Bobby is here for all this. Like we're we're promo, we're doing promos for Rumble 94 and yep. Bobby Heenan's here. It's just it's odd. true. We now go to Vince and Bobby again at the table who throw to um Owen, who's a little bit grumpy about how Brett won the Superstar of the Year recently. He deserved it, to be fair. No, I thought I was probably the best wrestler in 93 he was though yeah. honestly and I think then sean was a close second that year 93 yeah if it wasn't for the pudgy crush period that he could have he had a chance yeah because he did some good stuff outside of, of that. the early part of the year he was great yeah no yeah. i'll give you that uh, we now get a very odd close-up on a sign that says pj loves wwf raw action yeah. thanks pj I, i'm glad <laughs> that we that? now know that pj really likes wwf raw action what are you talking about pj walker they, like i don't know they close up on this for like 30 seconds way too like, long like he like just to explain to us that pj cares i'm glad i know that now yeah. thanks anyway, thanks no thank you yeah anyway owen hart says he's got a big surprise tonight i don't think that Was anything he, comes of that Fuji? <laughs> that, that surprise by big you. surprise next match yo yo people out there you'll see yeah aha uh-huh. and uh anyway bobby takes a moment to take owen's side in this feud of course as we go to break and we come back where Doink, unfortunately, what? is now a face and pushes Dink out in a stroller. Come the fuck. What is this shit? <laughs> this was a fine run. What the hell? Yes, folks. Uh, Doink is now a face and he now has Dink with him. And it's not Matt Bourne anymore for anyone that asks. And it's the downfall of Doink. it's not Matt Bourne because this shit is lame. It's crap. Yeah. Anyway, Doink's opponent is Tony DeVito, who is a good jobber. Uh, we then get Quinn a close-up of the stroller, which Vince says is a gift from Santa Claus. the hell? Is Dink an actual child? <laughs> and can't, like, is he seven? What? Like, I don't know. Like, what is this? Why do they do this? I don't know. It's weird. It, it, no, it's not good. A fucking stroller. <laughs> it's a real stroller. Like, it's like one, the one you get from the store. For a baby. Yeah. <laughs> for an actual child. Like... <laughs> What? Dink's not a child, right? Dink is a grown... He might be older than Doink. He probably he, is, though. He, remember, because it's Tiger Chun-Li or whoever. Tiger, Tiger, Jackson. Tiger Jackson. He's like French or whatever like he is. He's 50. Like, I'm not even kidding about that. <laughs> he might be older than Doink. I don't know how old Ray Lucamelli is, because there's like nothing that's known about him. But Tiger Jackson <laughs> was like around a lot earlier. Like in the 70s. <laughs> It's ridiculous. He, he was born. He was born in '56. I Come just looked on. him up. So he's definitely older than Ray Lucamelli. He's gotta be. He's gotta be, or at least close. And he's the one on the stroller. <laughs> no one should be in a stroller. It'd is be, the thing. You know what would be funnier? What if Doink is in the stroller and Dink is pushing him? That would be at least ironically funny. Yeah, that would actually be a funny. But there's bit. a com- comedic, pr- you know, premise there. Yeah, this isn't funny. This is horrible. Yeah. Apparently, the reason for all this Dink shit. Like, Dink is okay, but Jack Tunney, Jack Tunney said there's only allowed to be one doink. Who the fuck cares anymore? I, because of that incident at Still at doing this? Because so of the four doinks at the, the Survivor Series? The excuse is that you have to have a little doink. Yeah, because he's not doink, he's dink. Specifically be dink. Anyway, promotion. What if they just had two doinks, but the other one called himself poink or something? Like, poink? I just, not something different. Like, it sounds vulgar. But it's not smaller. It's, it's, it's the same amount of letters, just fink like our foink how about that promotional consideration is paid for by wwe of hasbro's from like june <laughs> and hulk is weirdly still advertising it's like the version one hulk yeah there's that the one with the arm or whatever they're out of his good he's out of their good graces by december it's just that they have to sell these toys now can i ask a question you know what i mean he's not signed to wwe yet right because the, the no no that's june 
So they're still banking that Hulk's going to like come back or they something? They don't know. Okay. They just don't know yet. Because I think they're he's probably started... hoping pretty bad here when they have fucking dink on a stroller. Like, you know <laughs> Would I mean? you want to come back if you were Hogan? <laughs> I just mean like when Good the, Lord. When the best they have is dink on a stroller. Like, <laughs> they're probably like, man, we really hope he comes back. Yeah, I don't blame that. Yeah. I, oof. Anyway, we're back where everything's fucking annoying. Bobby makes a Basil DeVito reference as Doink lands an arm drag. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Basil. I, I love the nod. Though. It's good. Basil DeVito is his opponent. Yeah. Uh, this match doesn't matter at all for the record. At least Doink still has a classic attire. Dink is... By the way, Dink <laughs> keeps like almost He's interfering. So fucking annoying. He needs to stop. Somebody needs to like spray water at him or something. Like he's on the fucking apron hard cam. Yeah. Like the whole match, and he's like, ee, 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 and he's got like a horn, and he won't stop being fucking irritating the whole time. He's like bouncing around on the second rope. He's like, hawk hawk, look at me, aha, and he's like sticking his legs in the air, and like Danny Davis is like, hey, you better not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not even like, he's not even like pushing him off or like anything or like I don't know like getting his like parents to get him off it's like so irritating wait is Doink his dad do we know I don't, does he, is there like a doink? Uncle doink who's his mom like that is there like a female doink that's his oh god mom? now we're opening up a can of worms I don't can, want to explore can Dinkette get him off the fucking thing Dinkette doink yeah. how why was there never a doinkette yeah why if, if we're being if, serious if there doink, should have been a doinkette if doink has a child named dink Who's the mom? Yeah, that's true. There should have been a doinkette. How yeah. did they not do that? There should have been like, like it's just doinking like a, a skirt or something. Yeah, or like, it w- yeah, if they like want to be. Uh, ha, no, ha, ha, ha. Well, no, it wouldn't be a skirt. It'd be a tutu because of right, course it's funny. Yeah, because it's funny, right? The real comedic geniuses yeah, over there. Exactly. Anyway, nice power slam by the doinkster as Vince now plugs the Star Wars trilogy for the USA Network. <laughs> yeah, he's really said the Force is with USA. <laughs> like I'm not kidding. It's that real. Is, that is fucking said. And then Bobby makes also a comment God. right after that about how like he Vince has three night event it's like it takes them three nights to resolve that or yeah. he makes like a, a joke about it it's pretty good yeah all right doink now works a side hub lock and like I said dink will not stop <laughs> fucking around with the squeeze horn Ugh. thing and they wonder why people started watching WCW <laughs> around this time you I'm- hate this huh God, he's so annoying yeah it is crap this match is crap Quinn. yeah is it over yet <laughs> like how long is it too long. Uh-huh. Quarter whip by Doink is reversed. Doink puts on the brakes, lands a dumpy punch as now Dink again honks his horn. I hate it. Up top, whoopee cushion and goodbye. No fart noise, by the way. Yeah, this was shitty because it's face Doink and all of that is shitty. Mm-hmm. Vince now starts to segue into something about Brett and Owen Hart, but instead we just suddenly throw to a very crummy Jeff Jarrett vignette as he's walking down the streets of Nashville. Are they serious? <laughs> They started this raw so good, and then as soon as this Doink and Dink shit started, now we're going to fucking Jeff Jarrett. What the hell? Are, and they, they're even they're like they're talking about the hearts. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, and by the way, here's fucking Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> like, what? No. Here's Double J. He <laughs> wants to, you know, use the World Wrestling Federation as a stepping stone. Ugh. It's the dumbest fucking shit I've ever heard. So anyway, he's with like imitation Curly Howard or Fred. Mur- it doesn't matter who it is. It's like Lord Hayes from Kentucky. Maybe like maybe we call him Hillbilly Hayes. I don't know what he is, but some old man. He looks he's dressed like Lord Hayes. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And Jarrett's making fun of Nashville, even though he wants to be good in Nashville or something. Spoilers, he never drew a dime, so it never worked out. That's a good point. Was this, okay, was this hillbilly Lord Hayes guy, Fred Mertz, whatever he is? Yeah. Was he supposed to be Jeff Jarrett's manager or something? I don't I, know. Was that the I plan? No. Step? That's his name, Step? Is that, that his name? No, Step? Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett keeps calling him Step. Does he? Yeah. No, because he's a stepping stone? No, no, no. I think that's like Get supposed it? to be some like 
Kentucky nickname, like some twang or We're something. We're in Tennessee. Quinn. Whatever, Tennessee, Kentucky. Whatever, wherever you're from. Wherever you're from. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think this is supposed to be what his, this is like his coach. You know what I mean? It's horrible. Yeah. This is a terrible thing. That was that you saw. Oh, uh, you know, Steph, uh, it just makes me sick how them people down at Buddy Lee treated me. Tell them, Double J. Tried to run me out of there. Show, showed me no respect at all. Now Jared makes fun of some sax player named Waldo the Country Sax. He tips him a dollar. This isn't good. Jared isn't good. None of this is good. It's awful. It's just awful. Anyway, we go to break. We get a voiceover from Todd about the Savage Crush feud. You know, The Summit. Nicely done and everything, mm-hmm. you know. Too bad Crush was a useless lug, but Terrible. at least the storytelling was good. Yeah. Like seriously, who was anyone else? We always say this would have been a great feud. Yep. But it probably was supposed to be Shawn Michaels. Well, if to... Savage had his way, it would yeah. have been, you know. Anyway, we get a big recap here because Savage is banned from broadcasting. So guess what? He's coming back to wrestle again. Well, good, he should be. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Maybe Jack Tunney actually made a good decision yeah. here. It's like by banning him. It's like maybe it's more just like it, it's like tough love. Yeah. It's like, you should be wrestling, dude. You you're really you're banned be. from commentary right. just to like, make sure you wrestle. Fair. I gotta be in the World Wrestling Federation. Oh, I need to wrestle. Yeah. So next week, Randy Savage takes on Fatu. Wait, what? Set your fucking VCRs. I thought they, like, after that whole <laughs> summit shit, I was like, oh, so he's fighting Crush, no, right? No, Fatu. Fatu. Yeah. Not even Samu? No, Fatu. The younger one. Yeah. You know, give him that a... sucks. That'll be a good match, I bet. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're back where Mr. Fuji is leading the karate crush out. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby says Fuji will be celebrating Pearl Harbor tomorrow. <laughs> Vince, what? Stop it, Bobby Heenan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Stop it, Bobby Heenan. No, but the best part about that is that if Bobby goes, man, I heard it was crazy. Yeah. Tell me about it, Vince. Because of Vince's old joke. Yeah. What was it like, Vince? I beg your pardon? In 41, reading the newspaper headlines about that. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. I'm not old. Please, Mr. Heenan. 42, maybe. Anyway, Crush's opponent is Tony Roy. Jack Doan is the ref. Yeah, Savage is on the phone now. He's all mad at Crush. First of all, the phone... We'll get to it, but (sighs) Savage is on the phone. Just remember that. He's all mad at Crush, which is basically the next four months of his career, Mm -hmm. being mad at Crush. Anyway, apparently Savage is in the UK. Like, total shit, by the way. (laughs) He's like... He's like... Oh, no, I'm talking about wrestling. I'm talking about the wrestling. What? I got the type of attitude where you just keep on going and seek and destroy because definitely got the hammer down. Tony Roy tries some clotheslines, but Crush is very, only mildly upset before landing a tilt a whirl. Meanwhile, Vince shits on Tunny for taking Savage <laughs> off TV. I love that even then, yeah, they're, they're still like No one likes Tunny. Oh, God, even in 94. 90- Three, it's like still going on. It's like fuck this guy. He sucks ass. Like you know no, what I mean. No one's ever happy with Tony. Yeah, no one. It's crazy. Uh, Crush with some rope choking here. Tony Roy's hair sucks, by the way. Uh, Bobby, where's where's Savage in Burma or whatever? <laughs> it's kind of funny. Savage's fake phone cuts out. So Bobby says it's because he's under the bed with his phone. <laughs> it's really- I, I can barely hear him. Why'd they even do this? No, no. So they just finally say bye to Savage. Cool. Now to be one hundred percent fair. The WWF was actually in Bournemouth, England on right. December 6, 93. Except at that show, Randy Savage's opponent was Shawn Michaels. Wait, what? Also, uh, the kid was on that show. So, yes, on December 6, Randy Savage really was in England, but mm-hmm. so were Kid and Shawn Michaels, who, you know, were on the show. crazy raw. how Shawn Michaels was able to wrestle yeah. here earlier Pretty in the impressive. show. Pretty impressive. Must have taken the uh, Concord over there, huh? Yeah. 
least they kind of tried with continuity. Anyway, Crush gets a win off of a dumpy press slam. Meanwhile, Bobby has been uh, taunted by Vince this whole time because Vince is like, oh, that phone call the gorilla made, Bobby, was a local call. Bobby all's here. What? Yeah. <laughs> local call, what? <laughs> and we cut to that promo with this, like, imitation Benny Baroni or whatever from a what Home Improvement. This? <laughs> yeah, I've what seen this one. What the hell was this ad? I've never seen this one, actually. These wrestlers... They're not so tough. Yeah. Razor Ramon, I'll show him who's tough. And then the, the best line, this of course. This 1995 for 1993. I think this promo is almost a year old, actually. It's from well, like early 93 at this point. Holy shit. But my favorite line is, but that Yokozuna, fat. Too fat. Fat chance. And then all that shit. And of course, he gets beat up. Hey, those guys are pretty tough athletes. But that Yokozuna, fat. Too fat fat chance he's going to take me in the ring. Promotional consideration is paid for by Gorilla yelling about King of the Ring for Nintendo and Game Boy. It sucked. Too, Horrible. Way. Like, why did they make this in 19... 19- this is too late. It's a bad game, like, too. I know NES was still technically alive to, like, 94 and Wario's Woods yeah. and stuff, but, like, nobody was getting No game- one, really, no. Nobody wanted to play a premier wrestling game, like, WF wrestling game on Game Boy and fucking... NES. Especially when uh, Royal Rumble was already out. Right. For Super Nintendo and, and honestly, Genesis. the wrestling games on Game Boy were kind of shit. Oh, all of them. Yeah. Like, literally all of them. I seem like, I remember there was one, um, Warzone or something, like... For Game Boy Color. But for Game Boy Color, but it was better than the Warzone on PlayStation somehow. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. There was a universe where the game, because Warzone on PlayStation was so bad, the Game Boy one was better. Like, because it played, like, the, the SNES ones. I won't stop saying SNES. I won't, yeah. <laughs> I won't disagree with you, though. It's real. Uh, anyway, we're back to Vince and Bobby here to wrap it up. We hype up next week where we're going to have The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Adam Bomb. Mm-hmm. Very right. 93, Adam yeah. Bomb. The Smoking Guns. Right. Bobby talks about how the guns are good as now. Oh, shit. Gorilla Monsoon's wandering down Uh-oh. the aisle. Oh, shit. And here we go. This is this is the moment we watched this whole episode for. And I love Bobby flipping out, like, tugging on McMahon. He's, like, all scared. Yep. Gorilla shakes Vince's hand. He wanders over to Bobby Heenan, moves a chair out of the way to get a nice, good, you know, angle right. with him. Gorilla is not on the mic, by the way. You can just hear it picking him up. And it's like, I got good news. I got good news and bad news for your brain. The good news is you want a free trip. Oh, no. And Gorilla then grabs brain by the collar. All like stern. This yep. just yanks him. Yep. Yelling at him the entire time as he's dragging Bobby up the aisle into the back. The visual is great, Quinn. Gorilla just yelling in Bobby's face and Brain is like begging. Great. No, I'll never do anything ever again. Great visual. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. They make it through the curtain. Camera follows him through the back. Gorilla now continues to yell at Brain. You've been lying to everyone. You've been lying to me. Bobby pleading for help. It's so good. It is. It's so good. Because for years, literally like seven years, Gorilla's been dealing with his shit. Yes. He's been trying to like get rid of, (laughs) figure out a way to get rid of Brain. Right. right? He's had enough of him. They don't have to work on pay-per-views together anymore. So Gorilla's like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Yeah. I'm done with him. It's amazing. Gorilla kicks a door open like all angrily. Oh, (laughs) this is scary. Because it's like, 
Here's the thing is that Gorilla always alludes to that he could still kick a bunch of ass. Yeah, but you never but have now, to you see never, him do it. You never see the power. And then when he, whenever he like exerts even a little bit of like Gorilla strength and yeah. like it's just like he kicks that fucking metal door down. Yep. You're just like, oh shit. He's a big guy yeah, still. It's like he could hurt you if he wanted to. Not even that old. He's like 56. I know, but it's all his like hair and his face uh, yeah. and the glasses and everything. Yeah, like, I know. You're like, oh, he's all elderly. Kindly nice. gentleman. Yeah. Anyway, so he kicks open that door, tosses Bobby's duck. He's like, here, I have all your belongings. And, he specifically uh, <laughs> says that, by the all. way. Like, yeah, like, all your belongings, yeah. Just that duffel bag. Yeah. He tosses that out the door, and then he tosses the brain out himself, and Bobby, of course, stumbles, my belongings! And, and like, there's... <laughs> It's amazing because what piles out of his belongings, first of all, is like white t-shirts and underwear and toilet like, paper. Well, one of my favorite is plastic utensils. Yes! Like, that's the that's the funniest part. The, the it's plastic. all stuff that he stole from the hotel. Yeah, that's it's, what it's supposed it's, to be. It's amazing. Soap and shit like yeah. that. And you can still hear Gorilla off camera like, your history. Uh, yeah. End of story. Get out. Still, stay out. I'm still yelling at him from like a both far away. And then Vince is amazing here. A spoon. Dirty laundry. A sock. Bo- Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan's been thrown out. You know, like, yeah. like Vince is like serious. Why like, is he all sad about it? Bobby Heenan. I don't know, yeah, because he probably like, is sad. Yeah, it's just really funny that like all of a sudden he turns into like concerned parent <laughs> Vince McMahon. Oh and, no, a sock. <laughs> dirty laundry. And Bobby Heenan, of course, turning into like Buster Keaton here, just tripping all over the place, sadly bangs on a nearby bus. You go to LaGuardia? Aw, like it's all sad. You like feel bad for him. He doesn't have a car. He's got nothing. He's just got a bag of crap. He's got a this bag is of a, crap, a shitty windbreaker. Doesn't even have a barely, ride. Barely fits him. You can He's see playing- his... <laughs> Fat stomach underneath, shitty pants. He's like trying to pull it up over his neck because yeah, it's cold. cold. It's so. Oh. And um, he gives a tearful salute to the building as we go off the air. A sad but very good send off of Brain. Yep. It's still one of my favorite endings to a character because it was like all building up for years. It's so fantastic. Yeah, because Bobby Heenan, as funny as he was on commentary, and that was obviously the point, the character of Bobby Heenan was a mean person. Right. He wasn't nice. There was like comeuppance that was needed for like a long time and this is it. Gorilla had enough of them, plain and simple. It was a nice little send-off and obviously as a Raw, it was indicative of its time, but I'm okay with it because this period's good. Brett and Owen was brewing here. Mm-hmm. Taker and Yoko was coming soon, which I like. Savage and Crush, which mm. Razor Sean. Very sad to see Bobby go, but let's be honest, it was time. Yeah. It was time. It was about that time. He had had a very good run, nine years in this company. Not to say if I, if he if he thought, I'm going to stick around, mm. I think Bobby would have made it amazing. He would have been fine. He would have been great in the Attitude Era. He would have found a way to make it work, is my Oh, point. yeah, of like, course. Like, he would have adapted. Because he's King did. Yeah, the mm. thing with the thing with Bobby the Brain Heenan is you have to understand is like he was very good at adapting to wherever he was, he was. and whatever was going on. For the most part, yeah. yeah I agree with that. He would have been fantastic. I agree. Yeah. But overall, not a bad episode, honestly. What do you think, Quinn? This episode opened well, but that doink match <laughs> it like took it downhill and thank God for the brain stuff at yeah. the end. But that was it was classic. That yeah. shit. Overall, I enjoyed this. Farewell, brain, I guess. Yeah. Right? It's sad, isn't it? Because I mean We've always talked about this moment, a sock mm-hmm. and all that. A sock. To see it in its context, it's not a bad episode of Raw, honestly. It's not a great period of time, but it's okay. No. You know, Quebecers was great to see, too. Yeah, that was good. They were fun. And I just wanted to finally cover it in its context, the last episode of Raw with Bobby Heenan. His the last end of an era. Pe- it really is the end of an era. You know what's interesting, though, before we get out of here? This was taped um, November 29th. 
they actually taped two more this day that aired on the 13th and the 20th, but Bobby just wasn't on them. I wonder why they didn't fill out the tape. I don't know. I don't know why they didn't have him get kicked out on the December 20th one. They could have you done know? the exact same segment on the Yeah, other. I don't know why, but instead we had Cornette on the 13th and... Yeah. Shawn Michaels, I think, on the 20th, of course. <laughs> Maybe, you know what I'm thinking, Joe? What? Maybe they thought of the live crowd reaction to Gorilla going to get him will be funnier if they're, like, awake. Oh, maybe. Like so, they, instead of waiting till the end. Yeah, well, it's fair. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right, Quinn. But either way, we hope you had a good time here with us as we've romped you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. It's been episode number two hundred nine, Quinn. Two hundred nine. Next week, the finale for the season, the final flush. But we'll also be locking up the rankings as well. We will be reviewing something, and we'll have one last what went wrong. Until that time, if you want to check us out on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash OVP podcast follow us on twitter join the group thank you no matter what for listening and for being here with us until next week for 210 i'm joe Murata. that's michael quinn and we are out of here see ya